So what was I saying again? Oh, yeah, there was this guy. And I mean, he just went out and he brought every figure he could. He was just going up and down the toy aisle and he was buying every figure, 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 figure. Then one day he finally plucks up the nerve. He goes out and he goes and buys one of these Japanese high-end import figures. I'm talking the 12-inch, 1-6 John Holmes length type figures. And I mean, it hurts. It hurts his wallet. But he's getting all hot and bothered under the collar. It's reminding him of his very first time this figure is bringing him so much joy hence like a hot toy you're listening to the action figure blues podcast episode 206 for the week of wednesday the 3rd of february 2016 i'm eddie and with me tonight are scott and john this episode is brought to you by the pop culture superstore and actionfigureblues.com tonight our toy of the week is the hot toys star wars episode 4 Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi, and our discussion topic is our favourite toy pack-ins. Good podcast, good podcast, good podcast. How are we all doing tonight, people? <laughs> Not as repetitive as you. <laughs> we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> good. John, it's been a while since I've heard from you. How's your week going? Week? Oh, I don't know. 2016's been kicking my ass, so. Yeah. <laughs> oh, John. Well, that's not good. It is. It's, it's like there's a new problem every day, you know. I, I don't even know what it is. It's work has just been crazy since January came around. And then um, last week I had no internet and I had to reboot my modem, reboot my router. Um, so I don't know what's going on. And then the week before that I had the kidney stone that ended oh, me the in the ER. Stone. Man. And what will next week bring? <laughs> well, I'm hoping it's not another kidney stone. So, Dude. So I, w- I was super disappointed that you were prevented from being on the show by um the internet last week because not only um were you had you promised to regale us with urology tales but i specifically oh, yeah. i specifically chose a bane action figure to review because you were going to be on the show <laughs> yeah, and I, then, I was aware of that and I, then you I, weren't so that was the I real reason he dropped out that part and... that's right you read the script and he was like bane oh my internet doesn't work I'm going to go play some more Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I'm, yeah it's I'm the, out of here. It's the um, podcast version of Honey, Not Tonight I Have a Headache. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You know, the How bad about thing about going, going to a urologist is the only other people in the room are like erectile dysfunction people and people with <laughs> prostate problems. <laughs> oh, you poor thing. That's so fun. Did you feel eyes moving over to you as people wondered what you were there for? Or did you like oh, yeah. wear a name badge? Yeah, yeah. I, I've been in that office before. I, I get it now. <laughs> Do you feel like you have to, um, you know, kind of clarify, like, just to be clear, everyone, I'm not here, you know, because things aren't working properly. Just so you know, yeah. everything's yeah. working fine. Well, I'll show you if you want. 
Like, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show you the stone. Stone. Once I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, I had a little bag in my pocket, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! And I got up to the desk, and I was like, "Well, do I give this to you now, or do I give it to the nurse?" Or <laughs> she's oh. like, "No, no, you just keep that and give it to the nurse." <laughs> <gasps> was it? Was it the kidney stone? Yeah. Oh my gosh! She had to take it to the urologist. Yeah, because I went in the ER on Saturday and I passed it on Sunday. So, oh, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was only it was only four millimeters. So don't don't worry. <gasps> what did you name it? Uh, George. George. Oh, that's so funny. I'm saving Eddie for the next one. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be the painful one. Yeah, it'll be vintage. Yeah. Well, um, I, I say for the next one because when I was at the urologist, she's like, "Oh yeah, your CT scan shows more stones in both kidneys." Oh, you're kidding? No. So I gotta go back and get an X-ray here in April, see if they've grown any. Oh. So if John drops off the podcast today, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's because I keeled over in pain. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm how, good. How about you, Mrs. Scott? Yeah, look, I'm good, but I had to um, leave the women's final of the Australian Open in the balance um, to, in order to come and record this. So it was one set all when I left, so um, very exciting. How was that? Because I um, was speaking That's to tennis, a fellow right? today who was it's trying, tennis, to, yes. yeah, <laughs> trying to decide whether he go, went to Star Wars. <gasps> oh, sorry. Sorry. And I, I was I look I know nothing about tennis whatsoever. Mario tennis is about as deep as I've ever gotten into the tennis world. Um but uh, like I was sort of thinking like well Star Wars is on every cinema in every cinema. Like it why wouldn't you go to the one thing you could only see at this one time? Yeah. Ever? But I, so was this game not particularly popular or this tonight? Yeah. Tonight it was Serena Williams and and uh, Angelique Kerber um, in the women's final, and I just saw that um, Angelique Kerber won. Ooh. She beat Serena. Yeah, spoilers. Um, <laughs> old spoilers by the time this yeah. goes live. So that's why it was so exciting, because Kerber took the first set, and then Serena fought back, and yay. Speaking of spoilers, I have still not seen Star Wars. Uh, John, what you, I'm well, sorry, they're not spoilers anymore. Well, because I had the yeah. kidney stone, and then oh, the you know, kidney last stone. weekend that was we had it. some other stuff. So, right. yeah, we were all set to go that weekend. And I'm pretty yeah. sure episode eight's out now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the double feature. Yep. Chewbacca's babies are so cute. Oops, sorry. <laughs> um, I, I did have something spoiled for me, but I'm not going to say what. Oh dear. Well, look. Yeah. I think there's there's got to be some moratorium. I think we've said this before. The internet, I think, has been incredibly well behaved about. Mm. Um, about episode seven spoilers, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm, there's some great memes and things that have come out of this, uh, that I'm just loving, but I won't talk about what they are because then it'll be spoilery. Speaking about, uh, things coming out, should we, uh, move on to some articulated news? Oh, well, we didn't ask you. Have you told us about your week? We didn't ask you how you were. Your week hasn't come out. Oh uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm boring though. I don't do. I've been. We know uh, that, but watching. it's like the pattern. It's the it's the formula of the show, so we have to ask you anyway. Yeah. Uh, actually, I did. So I went away to a uh, houseboat uh, last weekend, which is why I wasn't on the show last week. So 
Cool. Not not any hospital trips or anything like that, which was quite nice. Touch wood. Yeah. Uh, and that's a lovely experience. If anyone ever gets a chance to go away on a houseboat, they're just incredible. And I want to live on one and just get my wow. sea legs and just travel the lakes on houseboats. We will now call you Travis McGee. Yep. Do that. I don't, I don't know that reference, but I'll I'll take it if it's something to do with houseboat, which is good. And apart from that, you might have worked out from the intro. I've been just watching a whole ton of uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, which I'm not the biggest Quentin Tarantino fan, but I'm I'm going back to them at the moment and quite enjoying them. So so that that's it. Nothing. Oh, very super good. Super crazy. Yeah, you've been watching some of the ones I don't like. I'm, I'm trying to watch uh, there's a whole heap because I grew up like I was in doing studying film on that around 2004 and that when Kill Bill was coming out and he was back and hot again and like every student film wanted to be Pulp Fiction and yeah, I yeah, just yeah. had a real hatred of it because there was a lot of really bad stuff trying to imitate him. Hatred. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I wasn't a big strong fan words. of the stuff. I know it's a strong word. I'm hyperbolizing. Yeah. Um, we, we don't, it, you're not allowed to say that in our house. Okay. Yeah. I was not pleased with a lot of the stuff coming out because of imitation of his work, not the work itself being bad. So yeah. now I'm not doing that anymore, and I'm just looking at it through normal eyes. And I'm a big Western fan, so his last two films have really grabbed me. But huh. Now, going back and watching the ones I haven't, like Jackie Brown and Death Proof, which I didn't really like Death Proof. but I like Jackie Brown. Some stuff. I'm like halfway through. It's actually paused on my TV at the moment. So I okay. <laughs> jump on here. So no spoilers for no spoilers. Jackie Brown. I know that's like well past episode seven. Yeah, far out. Uh, but yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, now we can do the news now that we've heard about your exciting life. I'm sure I could keep going. Okay. No, it's we'll fine. It's good. All right. <laughs> It's the exploding bridge with Batmobile and Activator. Batman's included. Pretend Robin is held prisoner. Batman's in the Batmobile. You can send him to the rescue. Imagine the villain uses the comic action activator to stop Batman as he crosses the bridge. He's made it in the nick of time. Set the activator, place Batman on it, and you can send him to the rescue. The exploding bridge with Batmobile and Activator comes with Batman from the Comic Action Heroes collection. Robin sold separately from Mego. Before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news. Articulated news is where we discuss the latest events and announcements in the toy and collectibles world. We're not a comprehensive toy news service, but these are just the stories that relate to things that we're interested in and have caught our eye this week. And with our first bit of news, we have John. So over to you, John. Well, coming first is, um, let's see, it's a Figma set. Well, it's not a set. It's two figures, and they're from Virtua Fighter, that famous fighting game. And these are a bit odd because these are more like, you know, you'd think, oh, they're Figmas. They're going to be really highly detailed. But these are more like um, polygon-type graphics uh, figures. So when you look at them, they look like they have all those planes and stuff on them. So they don't look like, you know, they look more like pixelated from the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've got that flat, you know, mini surface look to them. So... That must have been incredibly uh, involved to sculpt. Yeah, I reckon um, that was one of those things that you'd look at and go, like, this might be easy to do, but once you got into the nitty-gritty of trying to replicate it, I reckon there would have been, you know, maybe just a couple of millimetres off would have made it look completely different and all that. So 
I, I, I'm yeah. quite impressed with his sculpt. Although everything's flat, so you could almost not have to really worry about, you know, you just do it with a blade. It's not mm-hmm. like you got to go in there and put a lot of detail in. So I don't know. That probably was, it, it, it was probably a different challenge, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, they, they did do something here, Scott, that uh, you will appreciate. Um, in the solicit for these, these are on pre-order for April delivery. They're about 50, 45 bucks a piece, U.S. Um, they actually say that a uh, Player 2 version is planned at a later date. Yay. So if you're. If you like the player two colors better for both of these, um, you know, you, you can get them later. This is Yuki Akira and Sarah Bryant. So you get one one boy and one girl. And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm, I'm guessing, you know, that the player two ones will just be different colors. So um, so this is this is going to be a really dumb question, I know. But what is a, is a Figma a brand name or is uh, it a Figma? It's a line. It's from the Max Factory, and they also have another company name that like Happy Time Super. It's something with happy in it. But Max Factory is generally the uh, English title they go through with, in terms of the brand, and Figma is sort of like their figure arts to Bandai. Okay, if that makes sense mm-hmm. at all. So these guys are the ones that have done some of the Legends of Zelda figures. Yeah, uh, they did a Samus Metroid one. The Yu-Gi-Oh one we talked about a couple of weeks ago was a Figma one. That's sort of yeah in, in that figure arts mold. There, sort of the the three A to Hot Toys type thing. But they're more scaled like a Revoltek, aren't they? Aren't they a little smaller? I can't remember. Uh, no, the Figmas generally are slightly. Bigger than a um, figure art or yeah. Revoltech. They're they're more around sort of the six inch to seven inch scale. Hmm. You know what someone needs to do? They need to uh, put a website together with like a a what's the word? Like a conversion table or you know something Maybe. of you know what what size is a Figma compared I had, to? I had thought about doing that at one time, and it it just it became a nightmare because there's so many things out there. You know, yeah. you look at uh, figure arts. Like right now, I've got a, I've got a NECA Assassin's Creed, a figure art, um, a Tomb Raider figure, and a Pirates of the Caribbean figure on my desk. <laughs> oh, and the uh, and Dale from McFarland's Walking Dead, and none of them are the same scale. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's the kind of thing that can really catch people out when they first start collecting. Is that well? I mean, it still catches us out, right? Like that um, thing of like, oh, this doesn't fit with the stuff that I thought that it would. Um, and just because someone says, you know, just because someone says it's six inches, doesn't mean it really is. Well, the Walking Dead one really threw me. Yeah, when I got Dale. Oh, really? I I had forgot that they were you know smaller than than a regular like six inch figure. So, well, they're um, more. Are they listed as five inch? Are they, they are listed as six inch? Yeah, yeah. they're listed yeah. as five. Yeah, they're in that sort of a weird mid one because like the Doctor Who figures are in that similar scale and um, well, yeah, a lot you know, of because, and um, stuff. Because the Assassin's Creed are actually in the same package almost. Uh, that's what threw me, you know, because mm. I was at Walgreens and I saw oh, there's Assassin's Creed and there's Dale. Oh, I'll get Dale and. Um, you know, they weren't right next to each other, but they were in the same size package. So I was just, okay, they're in the same package. They're same size. Yeah. Anyway, we should Th- move on. That's our first news item. <laughs> yeah. 
that um, that I know what the scale is because it is Star Wars figures. It is three and three quarter figures, and Scott apparently has a favorite in this because it is the Wave Four uh, Jungle in Space, and um, there is a Fifth Brother Imperial Inquisitor, which I assume is from the cartoon, right? Yeah, yeah it's got it's that Rebels. funky, funky Rebels lightsaber. Um, a Tasu Leech and Admiral Akbar. Yay! Is he still an admiral? Uh, well, or is he just Akbar now? No, yeah. he, he still he was billed as Admiral Akbar in the film. Okay, All right. so, spoilers, yeah. spoilers. Mon, Mon Calamari's struggle to get recognition for the work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, an admiral is pretty um, significant, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. but name another Mon Calamari for me. Oh. Um, there's the the X-wing pilot. Yeah, see, you don't even have the name, do you? It's just, yeah. See? Well, it's un- it's unpronounceable by the human tongue. Calamarists. <laughs> I have to get this so that we're one, one step closer to our Admiral Ekbar toy history. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually have the uh, the pop for him, the regular pop, not the Episode 7 pop. I don't think I do. I've got the Episode 7 one. Oh, you know what? Yes, I do. What am I talking about? Okay. Duh. Um, yeah, I've got that. The, and I, the last three, sorry. The, the last three and three, three and three quarter figure they did of him was perfect. I thought. Oh. I stupidly Star Wars found that. I, I found that in a Kmart and thought, oh, these are starting to hit, but I don't particularly want to buy it at the moment and put it back on the shelf. And that is one of the hardest ones to find now. Oh, but so stupid! It was one of those. Here's the thing: when you hear about buyer's remorse, I don't think there's it anything as buyer's remorse in collecting. I think there's didn't buy it remorse, and that's definitely one for me. That you yeah. know, like buy a three and three quarter figure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he looks good. Got a little orange vest on. He does. So. Yeah. Yeah. Rub, 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 rub. <laughs> well, well, Scott was super excited for that, although I have to say I will probably get the Admiral Ackbar, even though I have none of the other figures, just because it's Admiral Ackbar. Um, I was really excited for this next item because Jazzwares is putting out a line of classic Danger Mouse toys, and um, I am a huge Danger Mouse fan. Wow. Um, oh, crumbs. So, yeah, so this, <laughs> this is uh, uh, just some really cool stuff. You've got Danger Mouse in his car, which I think, yeah, it's the Mark IV Danger car, um, you know, and, and they're cartoony, so they don't have to be perfect. You've got uh, Baron Greenback, Colonel K, uh, Penfold, of course, um, and the Crow. I'm trying to remember what the Crow's name is. Um, but uh, Oh, and his spaceship, too. His little spaceship. The car has pop-out wings on it. This just looks great. I, I'm really excited by this. I'm, I'm very excited for these, but I'm kind of holding my breath just because of Jazzwares yeah, exactly. and yeah. previous experiences with them. I don't think everything they've done has been terrible, but a lot of what they've done has missed the mark in the final product. So I'm excited, but cautious. I think I'm going to hope to find these in hand rather than order them online. Are Jazzwares um, the mark. people that do the Minecraft stuff? I think mm. they might be, but I'd have to look. They have a, I, no, yeah, they do. I get them confused with Jack's Pacific a lot. Okay. They de- definitely have a figures. Minecraft license, whether or not they're the ones that have most of the yeah. stuff that's out there. But, I mean, that would have to uh, – because I, I was just Googling, thinking, what are Jazzwares doing? And then I saw Minecraft. If, if they are the Minecraft people, they must be making money. Mm. 
It doesn't matter to have a danger mouse in a pen fold. I, I'm just it doesn't really matter. super stoked. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I, I will buy them all. I, all of them. I have them all. It looks like there might be a place that they've got a mock-up of a place that looks like of his headquarters as well. Um, so, Just to clarify, will you be buying all of it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, really. Yeah. I, I, there's none of that. that I, the only one that I might pass on, but I, I would probably have to have is the crow. I mean, he's not the... You can't remember his name. Yeah. That's never stopped me from buying a toy. Yeah. Hey, Baroni. <laughs> See, this I'll is what you need the clock at the base to tell you. <laughs> oh, that's funny. In the car. I'd have to have the car, too, because that's, you know, obviously important. So. I'm excited for you. Yeah. And I now just, we know what you're excited too. about. And, it, and it's, on, uh, it's on Netflix right now, so... If you haven't seen all those old episodes, you can go back and watch them on Netflix. And there's new a new show coming with Stephen Fry, isn't there? Yes, I've heard that, but I have not heard anything about it. Yeah. So it's great, especially if you love like British spy stuff. You know, go watch it. Yeah. Jazzwares are the Minecraft people. There we go. Do they do the little figures, or do they do like the the blocky figures? Uh, I think they do both. Oh, okay. I think every every Minecraft is the blocky figure. Well, from something very small to something more large and expensive, and that is the Fallout 4 T45 Power Armor in 1-6 scale from 3-0. Holy dooly. Yeah, I, I haven't played Fallout, unfortunately, um, so I can't tell you a whole lot about it, but uh, it looks like this is going on pre-order uh, this week. Actually, it looks like it already went on pre-order. I'm sorry. Um, 14 inches tall. Uh, it looks like he has a big Gatling gun that comes with him. So um, this is a little, you know, he's got a, it's obviously a heavy power armor figure. So um, kind of looks like an Iron Man, but uh, more of yeah, a steampunk kind of, Iron kind of Man. The, the armor image that's sort of the iconic um, character image of the game. It's on the cover of Fallout 4 and all that. It's sort of that gas mask Iron Man uh, type yeah. look. All I have to say about this is that I would really like 3.0 and 3A to merge and stop confusing us. Yeah. Just be 3A0 and get it yep. over with. Come on. Make yes, babies. That, that's speaking of brands that get us confused. That's yeah. definitely one for me. I My yeah. favorite thing I saw about this was the Bleeding Cool article on it, where the title of the article was The Figure That Will Cost You More Than The Console From The Game That It's From. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually true. Um, the paintwork on this is fantastic. It's you know, it, it just it has all these little like shades and scratches, and so if it it looks like that when it comes out, that'll be pretty cool. Because um, yeah. it just has that metallic worn look. It looks like he also has like a little, uh, and I'm sure it's something from the game. It looks like he has like a little power pack or something that comes out of his back. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what what that is. He does have an exchangeable uh, male head as well. So you can, you can swap out his head for a non-helmeted version. And, and if, this will, if, yeah, yeah. speaking of the price, he will run you 380 us. So yeah. if you I'll want a uh, cheaper version for yourself, every Zing store in Australia seems to be shelf forming the Funko legacy version at the moment mm. as well. Yeah. The, um, it's really interesting. The Funko legacy stuff I've seen, being clearanced in a number of places. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, it's really interesting to me. It's all gone here. Why that did you not succeed. Yeah. 
you know, I don't know. I don't know if, uh, you know, they're just weren't the retailers for it. I'm not sure. I don't know. I kind of wonder if they produced them in the numbers that the pops were or similar and they just didn't hit. Because it seems like some places are still stocking the Game of Thrones ones like that will sell and then new sets will be put on the shelf type thing. See, even our Walgreens cleared just over last month, cleared out the, the Game of Thrones ones. Yeah. So um, my last little bit of news here, Scott added in for me because he knows I'm a Common Rider fan. And this is the SH Figure Arts Common, Common Rider Kuga. Um, I think this is the ultimate form. Yep. Ultimate form exclusive. So this is a, a black and gold version of Kuga. Now, I haven't watched <laughs> Kuga yet. So, um, you know, you're going to have to have to wait for a description. But, I mean, this is very Common Rider looking. Um, it looks good. It's it very Common Rider looking. Fancy that, yeah. well, being a Common Rider well, I mean, product and all. Yeah. It looks more like a, uh, a Showa-era Common Rider. He's, he's one of the newer riders, but he looks more like a, a classic Common Rider with more of a, a bug face. Um, he's got the big red eyes and, and yeah. you know, his armor isn't, um, you know, specialized like some of the new ones. So, uh, so different. when it says exclusive, like what is it exclusive to? Is it, um, you know, I'd have to look on this one cause I don't know if it's the colors, you know, he, I'm wondering if he's from a movie maybe mm-hmm. I, I'd have to get into it and look because I'm not sure. And that price, because he's on Big Bad for just over $100, how does that match that's, with... That's that's more than a standard. Okay. Um, that's probably a Tamashi Web exclusive, for sure. Mm. And then they're buying them and then reselling them, you know, second second tier. I understand. Because so, I just pre-ordered another one. So I've got two on pre-order right now, and they're, they're in more in the $40, $45 range. Yeah. I mean, for a six-inch... Just under six inch figure that feels really expensive. Well, especially since he doesn't have any, um, it doesn't look, they're not showing any accessories. I imagine he might have some. No. But, it's very um, good looking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The gold on it is, is oh, very, stunning. very cool. And he's even got the little detail on the back of his, his hands and stuff. So, um, you know, I, the, the two I just ordered are, it, the designs are what sold me because they're from the new show. And I wasn't going to order the second one, but I did. I ordered Spectre from Kamen Rider Ghost just because his design is so striking. Huh. Or I'm addicted. I don't know. It's one or the other. Yeah. Let us know when you work it out. Well, that'll be about, I think he's due May. I think one's due in April. I think Ghost is due in April and he's due in May. So ask me in May. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll do a review on the show. Maybe. Oh, that would be exciting. I'm gonna giggle. I'm gonna giggle every time you say cougar. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I, 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 not, I, not this guy. I, I, I mean, when I get common writer ghost uh, specter in, mm-hmm. or ghost, I don't know. Maybe I'll do them both. Hmm. Time will see. Time will That's see. That's my news. This <laughs> <laughs> is Robinson. Okay. Well, I have got uh, some. I didn't know this was coming, the first thing that I'm talking about, and this is from Sideshow, a Skeletor statue. Oh, sorry, they did announce that they had the Masters of the Universe license, etc., so I do take that back. But uh, this is not a premium format, at least not in title. It just says Skeletor statue. It is going to be uh, 21.5 inches tall, so 
that's around the premium format scale or height at least, but it's mm. kind of odd that they're not calling it um, you know, premium format. The, the He-Man statue that they announced a while ago um, is same deal. It's just He-Man statue, but it's 23 inches. And um, this is stunning, I think. Like, it's really um, imp- incredible detail. Yeah, no, the work they've done on this with the um, – because it's based off the art, which was originally just fan art um, of an artist, Stephen Sedgek, who's quite uh, well known for his work at Top Cow on books like Witchblade and The Darkness and Artifacts and that. And he is a big He-Man fan and started doing some fan images and putting them online, and that's the design that they've gone with. And uh, I believe Dark Horse uh, – not Dark Horse um, – Sideshow have actually been working quite close with um, Stephen on getting these uh, designs of the character and, you know, doing back designs and that that you didn't see in the image here. And you can really tell um, there's a lot of thought put into every single piece of this statue. Excellent. If you are interested in this but want something that is closer to um, what you knew in the toys and cartoon, then you're definitely going to want the sideshow exclusive because the regular version comes with a, uh, more just skull looking skull. The sideshow exclusive is a swap out portrait. That is the, they're calling it the classic skull and it's the yellow greeny, um, skull that, you know, you're, uh, has a more classic feel to it. Yeah. I like that better. Yeah. Skeletor. Why why is Hordak on his belt? Because he was uh, Hordak's apprentice. Is there's a connection between Keldor and Hordak? So I'm looking at this listing on the Sideshow website at the moment, Mm. and on the you know how like they have the video thing. I'm not playing the video, but for anyone else, does that picture have like little stars floating around it? Yes. Or am I having Mm. a stroke? Okay, I just want to check. It does. Cool. Someone's got into Final Cut Pro. Yeah, I just was looking at it, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm seeing stars. Wow, I must be dehydrated. And then... <laughs> and then we star wipe Lisa. <laughs> uh, this is cool. This is not cheap. This is going to cost you 450 US, um, which at the moment is about 20,000 billion Australian dollars. So, yep. um, But, hey, we can, we've got cheap petrol at the moment. Yay. Yay. It's, it's, Add back. Yeah, is gas cheap in in the uh, US at the moment? A dollar, I've seen it from a dollar sixty five to about dollar eighty. So yeah, because I never thought we'd see under two dollars again. Now there was a place in Michigan that had it for under a dollar. They got like in this pricing war, and these two gas stations had it under a dollar for a little bit. Now that's like a gallon or something, right? Isn't it? Yeah, that's not yeah. like saying no, it's not a dollar sixty for petrol is quite expensive here, but we're. No, but that's because like a gallon is nearly four liters. Yeah. So we're I paid a dollar for a dollar a liter today, which is ridiculously cheap here. Um, mm. And so that's still like nearly four dollars a gallon. Yeah. Not even with converting. Okay. Yeah. It was cheap. Cool. Yeah, much cheaper here. I was trying to explain to my eldest. I was like, "Wow." I, yeah, that was so cheap. And then she was like, what? I don't understand. Like, never mind. I pay for things. That's a dollar, Dad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I tried to explain the whole thing, and then I'm like, oh, never mind. <laughs> I'm old. Okay. Uh, 
Walgreens has all the exclusives now. Thank God somebody wants them. You know, it's good. Um, thank God John can go to Walgreens too to help all of us poor people that never have Walgreens. And yeah, I suppose I'm, I, I should be looking for this one. Oh, yeah, for many of these, yeah, because Marvel yeah. Legends has a Namor exclusive coming. Uh, this is a, a strange one to make a Walgreens exclusive, I think, because it's not tied to anything in particular. Like the Daredevil one made sense because that was tied to the Netflix stuff. There's nothing particular happening for Namor in media at the moment, is there? Secret or Wars. is there... No, Secret not. I, no, I'm talking about like in like television or movies or the things no, that, that um, matter. He's apparently kind of in a very muddled spot with yeah. the Fantastic Four license. Yeah. So, and I don't think that Fantastic Four license is going to be rearing its head anytime soon. No, no. Uh, but that that I quite like that uh, version. This is his. I guess it's his modern costumes, isn't it? Yeah, this is the Secret Wars version. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm definitely keen for for this. Thank you, John. Oh, yeah, yeah, thank you, John. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> okay, I need three of them then, huh? Yeah, Ben will yep. want to. At least. Sure. Yeah, at least, yeah. Uh, ben might not because they've already done one of him in this kind of costume. Oh, have and they? Have been, yeah. It was like, or if Ben's done a custom of it, then he'll have been yeah. quite happy with his costume. Thank you very much. But wow. you can still send it. <laughs> he knows I always pay him out about that. <laughs> I was like, but are we still allowed to have it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you get – I'll get one for Ben, and if he doesn't want it, I'm sure you guys can find somebody that – We can flip it here for the $100. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> which is $0.35 cents US. But anyway, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, something that I think is – He's got the flat running hands. Yeah, well, those are also the swimming hands. Swimming hands, yeah. You know, yeah. see, this is the Aquaman. Swim. Man. He, he knows all about yeah. the underwater character sculpts. It's the Aquaman curse. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would, I can really live without the swimming hands because they're pretty lame. Well, you, um, you don't really pose it in water, no, do you? You can't. No. Well, <laughs> and I mean, you can't unless you like have amazing. You know, they don't make swimming stands. They only make flying stands. So, yeah, um, yeah. Well, the Tamashi ones, you can turn those, can't you? You could use one of those as a swim. Oh, true. Yeah. I mean, one and of then the if best. you got the Tamashi effects, yeah. you could. You know. <laughs> um, Sorry, Eddie. That's what what I was going to say, one of the best um, action figure discussions I remember going on for ages on a board was when Masters of the Universe Classics had the slush head figure that you could fill with water. Oh, my. And there was all this mm. discussion going on about what type of water you could add to his head so it would have the water in it but not harm or destroy the paint on the figure or that when left in oh, good for ages. And just people were coming up with all these different weird concoctions and all this for uh, how to fill a head with water or leave a figure in water and not have it damage the figure. But uh, the answer is nothing. If you're putting water around a figure and leaving it, it's going to damage it. There's no if, ands, or buts. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Now, we have talked about how excited we are about the Mezco 112 Collective concept. These are the six-inch scale highly articulated uh, with fabric costumes, etc. figures. If you're looking at the Batman versus Superman hot toys and thinking, hmm, I might like that, but they're very expensive, then you might be interested in the 112 Collective 
Batman versus Superman, John of Justice figures that have been announced. So there is a Batman and a Superman. Um, I have to say this really reinforces for me how much I don't like the Superman costume. Um, but they look like good figures. I don't like that Batman either. He's okay, but I'm not a fan of it. Look, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that if I end up getting anything from this, it'll be the armored version, mm. um, because that to me is a m- much more toyetic. Um, but yeah, still, I think I d- I'm not a I'm not a big fan of what they did to the logo either. I don't know if that's part of it or not. You're talking about for the because film, yeah. Because when that translates obviously to the toys too, yeah, yeah, because it just looks like a big black blob, like yeah. his symbols missing. Well, I mean, it's an homage to the Batman versus Superman comic. Oh, sorry, Batman and Superman a comic logo. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's all oh, the, the Dark Knight Returns logo. No, I'm talking about the mm-hmm. yeah. Well, but but if you, you remember back in the day, was like the Ed, Ed McGuinness. Batman uh, and yep, Superman. Yep, Jeff Loeb. Yep, run. comic. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they had that, had that logo in there. Yeah, right. um, but then it's, you know, suitably DC cinematic universe murked up so that you can't tell what it is. Yeah, okay. I, I'm just not excited for this film. No, I know. Does no. kind of look like Roadkill Bat. <laughs> yeah, look, these look, that's not taking anything away from Mezco. These look like good figures. Um, and the detail on the costumes, etc., is amazing at this scale. And even though these aren't for me, I'm still really excited about what they're doing. And I do think that this is uh, providing a really great alternative to people that might want to collect certain properties, but either don't have the budget or the space for hot toys, or perhaps you know that you know I, I'm interested in this, but I wouldn't dedicate hot toys money to it. Um, I think this is something that I hope that we see more of. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that I think that's – I'm going to call that still very good news, even though it's not for me. You know, the longer I look at that picture, the more I think it looks like a JCPenney's Christmas catalog ad for uh, men's underwear. <laughs> it Look, it's not, it's not a really super clear – promo picture um and they're just kind of standing in that neutral pose you know so serious yeah looking out it just looks i don't know of course they're serious it's a dc film buy this underwear it's it's very serious (laughs) it's very serious now if you those are too small for you um then i might have the solution because hot toys (laughs) has announced a armored batman wait for it life-size collectible this is going to be approximately 2.2 meters tall with its base. 1.95 meters tall without. Why do you need a base? I well, hello. I hope it's all about the base. I hope it's got oh, a name on it, otherwise people won't know what it is. <laughs> um so good heavens. I I don't have words. This is just Lars and the real Batman. <laughs> I love that movie. It's a good movie, but oh, that's, that's like, yeah. like this is that. I mean, the comments sum it up the best here on Toy News Eye, which is I'm going to need bigger shelves. <laughs> it's just does Ben Affleck actually deliver this? Because I imagine you know how <laughs> it's going to cost that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look, I can't wait yeah. to see the price tag on this. I wonder how many they'll yeah, make. This is Probably this five. is for like. 
Kevin Smith. Exactly. That's who yeah, yeah, exactly. has this. And then no one else, uh, some rich guy in Qatar. <laughs> Those two people, that's, they're going to make three of them. I was about to say, I would love to know what the run of these are. Uh, because, hmm. yeah. But if I, you're yeah, Ben I, Affleck, do you buy that for your kid and just like leave it with them there? Stand it in the corner there. Yeah. I'm watching you. <laughs> just like take it to your daughter's prom and leave it there in the corner. Just freak people out. Don't touch her, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, from the um, ridiculous to the sublime, um, Lego has announced that uh, at, there was a bit of a social media equality campaign um, happening that hashtag toy like me. And it was not just Lego. It was urging toy companies to make more real world, world toys to reflect kids of different, uh, you know, races, body types, disabilities, etc. And Lego has announced that they are putting out a set that includes the first ever minifigure in a wheelchair, which is very cool. Um, it's really surprising they haven't done that. Well, I was surprised too when I read that. I thought, oh, really? Like, so it's it's in a set that's going to be called Fun in the Park that includes a number of other minifigures, but then a guy um, in a beanie in a wheelchair. Hmm. No, well done. Anything to add more diversity is always a good thing. Well, I think I might have been confused because I'm pretty sure Playmobil has done one in the past. Mm. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. I have to say that's the, the what struck me too when I first read this. I thought, wow, I'm really surprised that Lego's never done a I wheelchair. Yeah. Things, I thought that – I don't think it's come out, but I think they did announce a set at one point that had – like an old man in a wheelchair, and that's one of the things that kind of sparked this debate and the push for it because there was, you know, sort of showing there's so many kids in wheelchairs that um, play with Lego, and they were saying that's kind of the negative stereotype that wheelchairs are just for old people, and that really sort of sparked the conversation. I don't think that set actually did ever end up coming out or it was a proposed Curioso one. Or something, but I think that's where it started. Was with another. I'm sorry, a proposed here. what? Like a proposed Lego set. What did I say? You, well, I think you're trying to say QSO. QCO? No. What are they? Lego ideas? It's Lego ideas now, which I'm sure was it's much easier ch- to pronounce. Yeah, a change made. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, people like yeah, me. people find some people find Lego QSO really hard to say. Let's. <laughs> In fact, there's one guy in Australia that calls it like a curioso. Yeah. 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 Okay. I think that's actually a Harry Potter spell. That's how you make it. <laughs> it turns Lego you. curioso. <laughs> oh, I love it. There okay. Uh, and that's my news. Yeah. Uh, so that leads me into my news. And with mine, uh, we've already had a look at some of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows figures. Uh, Some images of these got leaked online with the uh, Krang and a few of the other ones, Bebop and Rocksteady. But they've put up the solicitations for all the figures. And the big surprise in here is it looks like we're getting a couple of playsets. Uh, the city sewer lair, which is kind of given with any turtles line, you're going to get the sewer lair. But uh, one of the big ones that people were drawn to is a Technodrome 
playset. So this is the first time since the 80s toy line we've seen a Technodrome playset, as well as potentially a bit of a toiler um, for the film. Uh, that uh, we might be also seeing the Technodrome in it, but that's uh, been something very exciting that's had a lot of Turtles toy fans uh, jumping through to have a look at that. And I got to admit, I'm starting to, Ben's going to hate me. I did this with the first film. Uh, I'm starting to go like, oh, maybe this won't be as bad. There's, <laughs> there's some cool things in here, and they've got Krang and Bebop, and they've toned down some of the designs, and maybe this will be, this will make it, this will be the Rathacan to the motion picture and yeah so i'm starting to build hype for this one. Oh dear um but mm. yeah how, how do you were you guys did any of you guys have the original technodrome or was this out of your time no. out of my time nope yeah it's it was a classic playset so good such a good one connected with the turtle sewer lair and it's just ah oh, genius uh but my next bit of news uh, delving back into the world of Tarantino is we've seen the full reveal of the Hateful Eight eight-inch uh, retro figures. So these are by NECA, and they're retro figures done in the style of Mego toys of the actual Hateful Eight uh, from the latest Tarantino film. They're actually very similar done to the Django Unchained figures that were uh, meant to be released by NECA. Uh, last yeah, time so, around, but uh, didn't. So are they going to say, well, the female figure has a black eye and that is promoting violence against women and then take these off the shelves? Uh-oh. Uh, I, I've heard some controversy around uh, this already, so I, I'm not going to kind of <laughs> make joke of it because that could actually uh, come to pass. So I'm actually yet to see any pre-orders uh, where I can pre-order these set for um australia because i do actually want them and i am kind of a little bit worried that these might be pulled again for being so similar uh to it and they're actually very limited there's only three thousand sets being made and uh they have apparently said that they're not doing any second runs or that what's made is what's made so uh, i would say if you are interested in them uh definitely sign up and get them when you can because i could see them going for a fair bit on the secondary market Hmm. Uh, and speaking of retro things coming back for my next bit of news we have some news from mondo Uh, so those poster people who've been getting into the toy markets they're bringing back a classic 80s line of the mad balls which they don't have the license to call them mad balls so they're being called mondo balls uh, you're getting some of the classic ones, such as the skeleton guy, the cyclops, the sort of zombie guy. Uh, but it also looks like they're going into some licensed ones. There's a Venom head here, and there's also Talk of Friday the 13th and a couple of other ones. So they're going to be doing some cool designs there. Now, Mad Balls was something I didn't actually realize was a toy. There was a videotape in my local video store that I rented all the time of the cartoon but it wasn't for years till I realised they were actually toys. Did you guys have any of these? Uh, I think they're, I'm a little bit too old for them, sorry. Again? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just too and old. It's going to be a lot of these. You do realise that me and him are about the same age, right, Daddy? Yeah, I know, but it all just blurs together once you're ahead of 86. Yeah. That just... Right, so, but they are they they are always interesting designs. Like these are kind of in that rat fink kind of weird, crazy would look at home on the front cover of a metal album 
kind of 80s designs that there's just something cool with these guys now mondo do seem to lean more in the high end so i'm not too sure how much these are really gonna set us back in cost and there might be one up for pre-order so let me see if they have them here if there's a price but no i'm not seeing any prices that but i could imagine they're going to set you back a bit so probably not something you're going to be throwing around in the backyard <laughs> uh, and speaking of things that will cost you a lot of money uh, we've covered them a little bit tonight, but you can also jump online and find the Hot Toys 2017 catalogue and have a look at all their different offerings that they're popping up through uh, over the next year. So there's been a couple of reveals here, such as the Ripley and the Power Loader, uh, new alien-type design. We've got a few things in the Civil War uh, line there of characters getting a few first looks at that such as the winter soldier uh, deadpool cos babies a lot of cool things a lot of stuff we've seen already uh, but a lot of cool things to pour over there so uh, it's quite easily to do a search for hot toys catalog 2017 but if you are a hot toys fan uh, that's definitely something to have a look at and start planning your budget for this next upcoming year and yeah. my last bit, uh, sort of tying in with the retro theme of my news tonight, uh, we can't wrap up news without talking about our friends at Funko, and that is with their announcement of the Funko Pac-Man pop vinyls, uh, which include Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, and the different ghosts, as well as a ghost once you eat the cherry, and you can then eat them. No. What? Uh what is it? Once you eat a power pill, the cherries were boosters. Uh, they were like a bonus. You had to eat a power pill. He's too young. Uh, he's too young to really understand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Pac-Man also didn't have hands. By the yeah. way, John, are you going to yeah. be coming the car- that? He did in He did in the cartoon. Oh, did he? Yeah. What was? Did he have the gloves? Oh, there was a yeah. Christmas episode. I remember. That's the only one we ever got here. I think. And you do know these ghosts have names as well. Yeah, there's Mr. Red, Mr. Blue, oh, Mr. Orange, my gosh. And Mr. Pink. Blinky, <laughs> Inky, um, Pinky. The red one. Yeah, Pinky, Blinky. Pep, Pep is mole. The red Inky. one's Blinky. And Why the last Blinky? one? Uh, I think the orange one. If, if you click on it, it'll have it's the It's Clyde. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys would remember that one. Is he the stoner one? He kind of really looks stoned in that pop vinyl. No, he's tired. He's the slow one. I mean, he's the one that I think is the slowest because they all move at different speeds. He's, he's well, isn't it there's one that follows you, one that follows a certain path, one that... I think they all somewhat follow a certain path in the Pac-Man original. Pac-Man spoilers, come on. Yeah, no, I think in the original Pac-Man they had the ghosts did certain paths. Like one would try and cut you off, one would follow, one would do this, and that's why purists prefer... Uh, Miss Pac-Man because the ghosts went on uh, varying tracks and it was harder to uh, maintain. Well, if, if, you, if you bought Pac-Man Fever, the album on vinyl, in the sleeve there was a uh, a, a set of all of the uh, patterns so you could okay. learn to play them. So you could buy Pac-Man Fever with vinyl and now you can buy a Pac-Man Pop vinyl. There we go. Bringing it all together. Uh, and that wraps up news. So uh, what do you say we get out of here from the news se- segment and we'll be right back with the next installment of the AFB podcast game, Name That. Hi, my name is... 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 Hi,
Now it's time for everybody's favourite podcast game, Name That. Our good friend John, a.k.a. Engineer Nerd, from TVandFilmToys.com presents us with an action figure sound, and the aim of the game is to guess where it's from. So, over to you, John. Well, thank you, but you didn't convince me this was your favourite podcast game. Mm, Oh, It's it's in contention. (sighs) Well, for out. He, he's not there's, making many friends this there's day. There's <laughs> murder over at Comic Geek State. Well, you've replaced me now with Nathan, so I'm feeling that, like, middle you know, when there's, here? like, a new baby in the house and the toddler gets jealous from all the attention and you should buy that toddler toys to make sure that it knows that it's appreciated. We'll have to oh, like buy me toys, knives, John. I guess. <laughs> yeah. You ever seen the show The Good Son? Yeah. Macaulay yeah. Culkin? Yeah. yeah. Watch that. Yeah. Okay, well, we get right into it. Last week I played a sound, and we're going to try and play that right here. Mutant babies with slashing claws! Lock and load! These babies are packed with mutant attack powers! Electronets are shredded! Our battle shields are failing! Wait! So, guys, <laughs> do you think you know what that yeah. one is? I think I might. I'm going to take a <laughs> at this. And I think the clue is actually in the mutant babies uh expression is it a the 1998 godzilla toy line it actually is from trendmaster oh that's exactly right oh, yeah. wow good job eddie wow and that's even like older than like you know last week so i'm impressed <laughs> Practically well, I, vintage. Was, I was kind of like 12 years old when that film came out so even though it was a bad film i was all up in that and that was and you know mutant babies what other line had that wait it's claws are we talking? Is this the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? Yeah, the worm. <gasps> you were twelve years old when that came out. Yep. Oh my gosh. I remember I came home from summer camp in year six, and then went to the movies to see it. And it was an advanced screening, my very first advanced screening that I'd wow. Surprised that didn't put you off advanced screening for life, let alone. Oh, that, that that film was incredible as a twelve-year-old. I thought it was great. I mean the. Stunning acting of Hank Azaria as Animal. Oh, great. <laughs> wow. Just, oh, this makes me so happy. Uh, okay. Before anyone critiques me, I have since rewatched it, and it is a horrible movie that makes yeah, very little sense. How do you lose a giant... Anyway. Um, <laughs> but there we go. So I will expect a forum point, John. Yeah, you'll get one when this comes out. Good. Yeah. yeah, you'll get one when this comes out. Um, but we better give somebody else a shot for next week, so we'll we'll put a new sound in, and we'll we'll do that right here. You power up light and sound to bring him down. Screens on screen with blazing lights and missile fire. And in case you're a little older than Eddie and you want to hear it twice, we always play it twice. You power up light and sound to bring him down. Screens on screen with blazing lights and missile fire. So, Scott, if I yes. thought I knew what that was, where would I go? Uh, you would go to the AFB forum at afbforum.com and find the name that thread and post your answer. Now, see, that was easy. Everybody else always messes it up. And, oh, and they, yeah. yeah. You, you, you did it perfectly. I know. And I never get asked that one. I usually get asked what people are going to win. Well, you know, I thought I'd ask Eddie that this week. So, Eddie, yeah, what, cool. what, what will people get if they, they get a forum point? You can, can either get the $3 uh, 
price tag DVD of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla uh, that I accidentally stole off an ex-girlfriend that I never returned when we broke up. Awkward. Or you can get a forum point off John. No, but what would you trade that forum point for? That, that's the, the question. You, you, uh, you don't to want to trade that for that DVD. That forum point's more valuable than the Matthew Broderick Godzilla DVD. That's don't the one with the that. big eye on the cover, right? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of green. Yeah. Well, if that's all too hard, you can come on over to tvmfilmtoys.com on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And uh, we play a picture version. And and do you know what the picture versions are, Eddie? Uh, is it the Alec Baldwin Shadow? No, no, no. Um, oh. On, on <laughs> no, Tuesdays, no. We, we play accessories. And on Thursdays, we play Shadows, where a figure shadowed out. So I think there's a couple tough ones up there right now. Maybe. Maybe? That like pulled one shed. I don't know. It's all good, though. But come over and you can play the picture version. You still guess in the form, you still get points. So, you know. Yay. You can maybe move up to a better Godzilla film. Yeah. Huh. Th- this is where the host go. will say, uh, yeah. you know, coming up next... Uh, I was trying to think of a better Godzilla film, but I couldn't. Um, coming up next is our Toy of the Week. Godzilla, size does matter. Godzilla eggs are hatching! Mutant babies with slashing claws! Lock and load! These babies are packed with mutant attack powers! Electronets are shredded! Our battle shields are failing! Wait! Nick's repelling into position! Fire! Oh no! Something big is coming! It's Godzilla! We need bigger guns! Godzilla babies, hatchlings, action figures, and Supreme Godzilla each sold separately from Trendmasters. Now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns looking at one toy or collectible in detail. These might be new releases, or we might talk about a favorite or bizarre item from our collection. This week, Scott has a Toy of the Week, so over to you, Scott. Thank you. I'm kind of cheating by doing two, but I am reviewing the Hot Toys Star Wars episode for Luke Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I did... Han and Chewie together with Ben, and I received both of these kind of in the same fortnight, and so I thought I would combine them into one review. And if you look at the Action Figure Blues Facebook page, you'll see a photo album there. Um, I'll explain later uh, why I haven't gone nuts with photographing all of the accessories, etc., but you can see the the figures in a few different poses, etc., up there if you would like to. So these are actually came out at the end of last year. My Obi-Wan Kenobi, I don't know what happened. I ordered him right when he came out, but my FlexPay um, only just finished, and so I just got him. I don't know what happened. Um, And then Luke, I just received as well. I actually had him before the last show. These are both um, part of the 
Hot Toys Star Wars license. Uh, we were pretty confused when Hot Toys announced they had the Star Wars license, and then um, when the the first piece came out, which was the Stormtrooper, because I own a Hot Toys Bespin Luke um, two, two pack of um, John's favorite Luke, the battle damaged weathered version. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and normal Luke, but he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to count. Um, so, but these are the episode four versions. So, packaging is the really standard. Um, I'm quite surprised actually with what Sideshow has done with their Star Wars packaging because it is extremely similar to Sideshow packaging, um, which I, I kind of find odd that they haven't. Uh, done something to kind of distinguish it um i think that the when you take off the cover of these boxes which is just the kind of black um and gray with a image of the figure on it you take it off and then the insert the bit of cardboard that protects the plastic inside is some really great photography of the piece with some other uh, often with other figures or with some of the accessories etc and uh, they're really nicely done to me it seems kind of a shame to actually hide them inside the box and i think that you know, they could definitely use them on the outer packaging in some way um to just make it a bit more visually interesting but also to distinguish it from the sideshow stuff but maybe that's deliberate i'm not sure what the the the, the deal is there sideshow and hot toys obviously are very um close so that's okay uh, both of these are that standard hot toys packaging with the outer box the um cover inside and then your plastic trays uh obi-wan only has one layer luke has two and that's because luke comes with a bucket load of accessories that i will go talk about as we go through so i'm going to start with obi-wan because he is the more straightforward one to review um the i've, I've said a number of times that i would love to uh, be able to chat to someone that does the fabric costume design for these figures. And that's definitely the case here because this is such an accomplishment in terms of uh, just layers of clothing, etc. cetera. Um, but I will, I'll start with the, the sculpt. Um, the, the likeness, the Alec Guinness likeness, I feel actually is, is fantastic and it actually works much better than in person than in photographs of this figure. So when you look at the, the photos, I wasn't a hundred percent sold. Um, but in person, every time I look at it, I actually kind of get a bit of a surprise at just how stunning it is. It really is brilliant. Um, this guy is 12 inches tall. He's taller than Luke. Luke is only 11 inches. Um, he is, uh, was sculpted the head sculpt by Park Jong Hyuk, and then there are two different sculptors for the palms, and then Hai Lim did the costume design, and I'm pointing that out in particular because there's a lot of fabric here, obviously, um, in his costume. The <coughs> he's got the outer brown cloak, uh, and then he has a uh, the the inner well, I'm not sure what to call it the his beige tunic. Um, then a brown under tunic, they call it, um, and uh, his beige pants, etc. Um, that's all fabric. Um, all this would be 
I think, such a chore to put together. And there's actually, on the packaging for Obi-Wan, there's actually a little note that says, basically, don't undress this, or you'll, you might find it difficult to um, achieve the styling again. And so I've, I've followed. Um, but we'll talk, there's a complication with that, which I'll talk about in a moment. Um, <clears throat> the, the outer brown cloak, I'd have to say, I'm not 100% sold on the fabric that they've used for it. It is quite thin and a bit shiny. And I don't know, my kind of take on what he wore in the film was a more kind of rugged, um, something a bit more woven, etc. Um, so I'm, I'm not, I have to say I'm not 100% sold on this. I, I, I'm, there's a one point of disappointment in in all of this and that is actually with the hood of his cloak because if you look at the promo figures etc promo pictures etc you can see him with the cloak kind of sitting over his um head quite nicely um this first of all the edge of the cloak is quite ragged but the peak of it is um, very pronounced, and it's at the moment I can't find a way to put um, his the cloak over his head where he doesn't either look like Dumbledore or a giant Jawa. Um, he's got the, the 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 little point the pointy head happening quite strongly. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to be displaying him with the hood, so I'm not going to worry too much. But I think you'd have to do a lot of work with what you've been given here to actually achieve the shots in the promo and then even if you do manage to um deal with the peak situation the the really ragged edge around the um the cloak is quite noticeable so that's the one kind of fail for me with the costume with the costuming Mm. everything underneath is amazing and i'll talk about that in a bit more detail um but the, the brown cloak i have to say i'm not a huge fan of um both just fabric choice and then the construction of the hood i don't think is uh perfect once if when you take it off though um the under tunic um is quite amazing sorry not the under tunic this is we're talking about the beige colored tunic and john you're going to really appreciate this if you have a look in my photos um on facebook you can see in particular that there is actually some kind of weathering of this is a couple of places where they've designed it to oh, look like it's been patched. Um, so when, oh, when cool. I first took it off, I was like, Oh, there's a hole. But then so I'm like, Oh no, that's deliberate. That is, um, you know, there's two, so di- there. yeah, there's two different places in the, that beige tunic where it looks like it's been mended, um, which I think is really clever and attention to detail on that is just amazing. Um, that, Beige tunic is held by a faux leather belt. Um, and then underneath that, he has what they call the brown under tunic, which is a, a long sleeve shirt, basically. And then his beige trousers. Um, he also has a pair of his boots are a faux leather as well and really nicely constructed. So, so so he does have pants on then underneath. Yeah, he's got pants. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In case you were wondering, I don't know how film accurate it is. We never, you know, really got to well, see that. Because but. because one thing I noticed in your pictures, and I'm sorry to stop you in the middle no. of your review. No, okay. Um 
because of the brown shirt and the 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 you know the fabric looks a little just a little thin. You can kind of see his arms through his sleeves. Yeah, and and you can kind of see where probably the brown turtleneck's coming down over his pants. So I, I thought he oh, had okay. like you know like like speedos or something on underneath there, like a pair of black speedos or something. Yeah, um, no. No. The, the vintage figure was like that. The vintage twelve-inch figure. Um, he didn't have pants on, but they had actually painted his 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 parts like a blue, you know, swimsuit. Oh, okay. Huh? Yeah, no, so, there's no speedo here. He's actually got beige trousers on um, underneath that. Um, so he then comes with uh, pretty modest on the accessory side, and I would say here, uh, in terms of price point, he was only ten dollars cheaper than Luke. Um, Obi Wan went for two twenty US, and Luke went for two thirty. Um, it, uh, you'd have to think that even though the fabric, obviously, the, you know, some of the cost went into that, that they probably have made more money on Obi Wan than on Luke when you look at everything that he is included with, because accessory wise, it's pretty modest. Um, he comes with uh, six. Uh, hands or they call them palms um so there's the relaxed palms the uh palms for holding the lightsaber and then he's got a, a right palm that's another holding lightsaber pose and then a left palm which is the um these aren't the droids you're looking for a gesture um which is actually really cool um the at one point i actually because there's so many different hands i actually got jumbled up and um put a Obi-Wan hand on Luke when I was changing them around and they are you could I right away I could tell that it didn't belong because the sculpting on the hands is is very different there's you can tell that they're an older person's hands with wrinkles and um, larger joints etc it's really quite impressive and then on the weapon side he comes with uh, a lightsaber hilt and then what really is the stunning uh, bit about both of these um, is the LED light-up lightsabers. Um, mm. The So it's really interesting how this is done because the light-up feature actually is triggered from a special arm that is included um, that has a, a battery that has to be added to it. Um, and then has the on-off switch. And so when you put in the um, lightsaber arm, you have to take it off the, the other arm kind of above the elbow joint. And so there's quite a bit of uh, you know, extra sculpting and stuff that's been done there. Um, I think it's kind of interesting that they, that they could have just made that the, the arm. Um, and I'm not, a hundred percent sure about why they they didn't, um, but the this is the same on Luke as well. The right arm has a swap out arm that is from the mid um, bicep down. That uh, the the LED version is holding the lightsaber hilt. It only come, they only come with one lightsaber light. And you swap it between the non-light-up version and the um, the LED version. The LED version emits then a white light that turns blue when you have the lightsaber over it, and it is super cool. Mm. Um, 
I have not actually, I, I only got these open and photographed right before I, um, we started the show. And so I've done the battery on Luke, but I haven't actually done the battery on Obi-Wan yet because you have to have a, a pretty steady hand and a very small screwdriver to open the little panel that the battery has to go in. Um, so definitely some assembly required. It comes with the batteries, um, and it comes with some spares as well, which is good. Um, so, um, that, that are, are the, are the batteries in the package there at the bottom, the little three? Yes, you can, they're visible in the Obi-Wan package. Okay. Um, so oh, you I can was actually, wondering what that was. Yeah. Yeah. So that the, the little, I should have written down the name of the, the batteries it says in the instructions. Um, but so it's nice to have some spares as well. Um, I'm definitely going to be displaying these with the light up, um, arm attached and the switches are really easy to access on Luke. But one of the reasons why I haven't done Obi-Wan yet, as well as uh, time is that whereas Luke's, um, tunic is quite loose and it's really easy to push up the sleeve to do the arm swap on Obi-Wan, the brown under tunic is very tight. And so I'm not, I'm, I mean, I haven't, I'm not going to say it's hard because I haven't actually had a go yet, but I did have a quick look and thought, Oh, this is going to take a bit more work. And definitely I'm, they're saying in the instructions, don't undress him. Not that I, you know, want to. Um, but I'm not quite sure how that arm swap out is going to go and or how easy it's going to be to access the on off switch with how tight the sleeve is. Um, but on Luke, which is the one that I've done, it's quite easy. Um, he comes, I, th- I believe there's 32 points of articulation. I've just lost my mouse. Bear with me. Oh no, I have it run under the clock. Uh, <laughs> no, I've got my trackpad happening here and it was actually, I just clicked away from the window and, um, it's, it was a, a human issue, not a me issue. Yep. 30 points of articulation. Um, so again, a little bit, a little bit short on the accessory side. I'm not quite sure what else you would include. He comes with the base with the handy, super handy nameplate and stand, um, which I haven't um, unpacked because I won't be using it. But the likeness is you know, the thing that really sells this. And while the brown the brown cloak, I'm not a fan of. The rest of it is a real accomplishment. It's you know very very well done, and he's very easy to pose. The boots are really sturdy, etc. So let's move on to Luke, and I'll give them both the ratings at the end. This, I think, is um, what I would really expect from the Hot Toys versions of these characters, which is, you know, obviously we're only going to get one um, per per film, and in the same way that the uh, Empire Strikes Back two-pack that they did um, was a really comprehensive set of kind of all the props and versions and things that you might want of that character from this film. Um, this to me is incredibly comprehensive in terms of just the number of accessories and display options that they have given you. So just to reiterate, this guy is 11 inches tall, so he's a bit shorter than um, the other figures that have come out so far, which is appropriate. Um, the head sculpt here is done by Ko Jung, um, and uh, there's no credit given for the clothing on this one. Um, Luke comes with a scad of stuff. First of all, just on the costume, he's got his white-collared tunic, uh, a brown belt with a number of patches, 
um, his beige pants, and then his grey boots are actually sculpted, and the feet are separate pieces, which um, I discovered because um, when he was in the package, I'm not quite sure why they do this, but his um, arms and, sorry, his hands and feet were all had plastic wrapped around them and I understand, and the head as well. And same for Obi-Wan. I understand why they do that just to avoid paint rub, etc. but they're on so tight that you actually have to kind of cut them off or pull the whole figure apart. It's a bit annoying. Um, so that's how I discovered that the feet, um, on Luke come off. Um, Luke then comes with eight pairs of hands. So two more than Obi-Wan. He's got fists, uh, relaxed palms, a pair of lightsaber-holding palms. He's got the gesturing left palm as well, and then another left palm for holding a blaster that he comes with. And on the the weapons side, um, then he comes with a uh, the the lightsaber, one unlit, uh, one hilt, sorry, that is non-LED, and one that is, and then just the one blue, actual you know lightsaber blade or whatever it should be called. It comes with a long rifle for the the desert tea stuff that I'll talk about in a moment as well. And then accessories go on forever. Um, he has got a hat with goggles. He's got his uh, brown-colored poncho, binoculars, his training helmet, the training remote, the droid collar, and the um, figure stand with Luke nameplate as well, which, again, I'm not going to be using. Um, Likeness-wise... I, I reviewed the Sideshow Luke X-Wing pilot figure a couple of weeks ago, and I said then I think Mark Hamill is a hard likeness to capture. And I think I still would have to say that the Bespin Luke that Hot Toys did originally is still the best likeness for me. Um, you know, I've spent a bit of time comparing this figure to production stills from the, the film, etc., and I have to say that I'm just not... I'm not sold on the likeness. And I think part of it also is that the eyes um, and the way that they are painted in production is actually quite different from the the promo shot eyes. They've got this kind of overly sparkly um, paint application to them, which is the same as the, the sideshow version. And it actually really makes a difference. When I see the promo images of this figure, I get a much stronger sense of the likeness than I do in person. It's not terrible, but it's not great. Um, And again, when I look at the production stills as well, the hair in particular, I feel is quite off from anything that I can see from the film, Um, both in terms of style, but particularly color as well. The, you know, Hamill's hair in the first film was quite light and the, hair sculpt on this is actually um, much darker, but then also has got this kind of almost bronzy element to it. When you kind of look at it in the light, it looks quite strange. I don't know if that was their attempt to try and give it that blonder sort of highlight, but it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't actually look, um, I mean, no, there's always the rooted versus sculpted hair, debate but it's i don't think it's the best sculpted hair um that i've seen on a a male figure either so i have to say on the likeness side like i said i'm I'm not really feeling it um the 
where this wins ultimately is on the the costume and accessory side. No matter what your most memorable scenes from A New Hope are, you're going to be able to create it. I particularly like the training helmet and the training mm. remote um, that uh, that that he uh, used. It, you know that is really stunning, and that that little. Um, bowl uh, sphere comes with its own stand that you can attach to the mm. figure stand um, so you can act that all out. I haven't actually unpacked all this stuff because I'm not going to be displaying it and so I don't want to really um, muck around with it too much because it's well, all beautiful. That, I was in a Zing store this afternoon and they had this Luke on display with his training helmet and the weathering on that training helmet particularly on the blast shield was just amazing. It's really good. Really, like some of the best weathering I've ever seen. You'd love it, John. (laughs) Oh, it looks good. It looks good. So there's actually a separate um, hair sculpt that is used for the helmet, which is pretty identical to the hair sculpt and and helmet of the Sideshow X-Wing pilot version, which does kind of make me wonder, you know, how much they share or... Whatever, like because it's it's pretty much the same. Um, well, there's I, some there's something funny, like even back with that original Bespin Luke, there was some weird backroom deal that Hot Toys was using Sideshow's Star Wars license to make that. Okay, and that was apparently part of the holdup with why there was no Star Wars from Hot Toys from a long time. Okay, after that, but there, there's something that hasn't really been explained about a weird connection between the 12 inch sideshow mm. and Hot Toys stuff mm. there. So mm. it wouldn't surprise me if that is the exact same sculpts yeah. going on. Yeah, it it really does. You know, you look at it together, and it's like it's not. It's the same engineering. It's the same. You know, everything. Um, I, I'm not a fan of these removable hair sculpts because once you take them off it's actually really hard to kind of put them on um at exactly the right angle that's what happened to me yeah (laughs) (laughs) so you just threw it out (laughs) yeah you're like you know what blow this i'm just gonna go without um better without the jerry curl afro though (laughs) oh dear um i I have to say my wallet please yeah (laughs) this is it um so, look, I have to say, I'm not sure how much of it is paint, the eyes, and the way that they're, that, that they're done. Uh, I've got a, kind of a similar issue that I did with the um, X-Wing pilot Luke in that I feel like no matter where I look, I can't actually look right in his, right in his eyes. It's, just, it's a, something about the way that the, the eye decals or paint has been applied that I'm not really loving. Um, but again, back to these accessories. I love the training helmet. I love the training remote. Um, the the poncho and um, the the hat and goggles. Look, I, I have to say, I had to actually Google to really kind of get the um, to remind myself of. Oh yeah, I guess he wore those for a little while in the film. But um, you know, the 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 attention to detail and the completeness of this as the episode for. Luke with all the different gear that he used, I I think is really cool. Well, the poncho he wears a little more than the hat. Yeah. Um. So you know, because he wears that when they go to the Falcon. So. Oh, true. Mm. I really had not remembered it when I looked at it. I was like, I don't understand. Where, oh, okay. And he wears it a ton in those deleted scenes with Big Stars. Yeah. 
Oh, true. No, no, he no. doesn't have it on in the big scene, but there, the, the the opening was, I think, a bit more extended where he was wearing it. Mm. But again, you know, I love the the completeness of it. You know, that sense of yeah. for this film, here's all the gear, etc. And I certainly, you know, hope to see that continue as as you go, because that then is it's one of the reasons to buy the the different versions of the characters. Now, the the blaster holding hand is that for the rifle, or does he have a second blaster? Yeah, no, he doesn't come with a blaster. It's for the rifle. Okay. Yeah. So it's strange because even in one of the um, they, these come with little instruction sheets, and there is definitely there's a picture of a blaster in one of the instruction sheets, and so then I was looking around for it, and then I'm like, oh, I guess it's for I don't know. <laughs> because really, if he had came with say a stormtrooper rifle and a stormtrooper belt, yes, um, that would probably have been the only things that may be missing from this. Yeah. Well, I guess. Oh, and a headset. A headset. He didn't a headset for the Falcon. True. Oh, true. There yeah. you go. Oh, look, I think, you know, they have done the Luke as, as Stormtrooper mm. um, version, so that's probably mm. why they left that out. Um, so, getting to a Dolly rating, um, I, obviously, I am really enjoying collecting these, and so I'm just. And, really excited to add these to my collection. I'm going to put that aside and just try and. Uh, rate them a little bit more objectively based on, you know, the actual pieces, etc. Um, Obi-Wan, the only real um, issue that I have, uh, I guess I've got two. I think that I, I'm disappointed with the brown cloak, I'd have to say. I don't think that that material is necessarily the right choice, and I definitely don't think that the the they've nailed the hood. Um, I'm also a bit... Uh, confused about the tightness of that brown tunic and the engineering of the led arm um love the likeness i think the rest of the um piece is amazing i do think it's light on for just inclusions for the price when i look at what i've got for luke as opposed to what i've got for for ben i'm a bit uh you know not kind of convinced there um so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go a seven um for mm. ben and again love it i'm really glad i've got it but i'm just trying to be a bit more objective about you know a, a buyer's guide in a sense value for money construction etc um so maybe seven and a half i'll be a bit, bit, bit more generous um mm. luke the only issue that i have got here is the likeness and i think it's hard i think i think they've really put work in i think if uh Hot Toys can't nail a likeness, then that is because it's really hard to nail. And I think that when you look at the, um, you know, with the, the promo picks, etc., you get a better feel for what they really tried to achieve. And then perhaps just, you know, some of that hasn't quite translated to the the final piece. Um, so I, I'm going to go eight and a half for Luke. Um, the the hair hair color etc the the lightness etc not a hundred percent perfect love the inclusions I think that they are amazing etc and again super jazzed to have these I've got them up um they'll be back after this review on the shelf with Hen and Chewy and it is really an amazing um amazing set cool hmm. very very nice. Uh, so thank you for that, Scott. That wraps up our Toy of the Week. And when we come back, we'll be talking about the new items that we've added into our collection this week. Here's the 
the new Star Wars Death Star Space Station that you put together. Action figures each sold separately. Darth Vader's firing a laser cannon. It's been hit. He's after Luke. Take the elevator. Hurry. Now cross the light bridge. You won't escape me. Jump, Luke. Oh, no. The trash compactor. There's a trash monster. The wall's closing. Save. Kenner's new Star Wars Death Star Space Station. Action figures each sold separately. We are all here because we collect, so feeding the addiction is where we take time to check in with each other and discuss any new acquisitions or pre-orders we've made. Uh, so, John, what did you pick up this week? Well, it's not really this week, but um, I picked up Common Rider Forza SH Figure Arts Module Pack 2. And what they did is, um, you know, you can buy the really, you know, the figures, but uh, Forza has a bunch of, like, switches, and you can turn them on and off, and he gets different, like accessories basically and this one has the um bouncing or the the pogo stick foot the chainsaw foot um and then uh i can't remember what the other one is if it's the ball and chain but then the main one i got it for was the parachutes he has like these parachutes and it comes on a stand where the parachutes hold up above him and you can kind of set him up with with parachutes and hanging from him so that's kind of cool and then i actually picked up a walking dead building set and i don't really know why but um i just kind of wanted to see what those were all about this one i picked up was the hospital doors the ones that say uh don't open dead inside so Ooh. i have not put it together yet i i had it open just to read the instructions and um the pieces were really tiny so i didn't want to put it together upstairs because the dogs were around and stuff so um, <laughs> yeah the Rick's head is about the size because it's Rick in his hospital gown. That was the only downside. It's, that's the only figure with it. Um, it. It's about the size of a grain of sand, um, and, and it's a separate piece that you have to put together. So, um, yeah, it's very tiny. Uh, but every box. piece, yeah, it's it's almost um, it's weird because instead of like a regular building set, almost each piece is unique to some extent. So, huh. I don't know. Very cool. I'd be very interested to hear a toy of the week on one of those. Yeah. Because I, I noticed I, I the Game probably, of Thrones stuff is starting to hit more now, too. I, I have not seen any of that yet, but um, that's kind of the other reason I wanted to pick it up, just to see what it was really like and what the figures were like. And there There is one cool piece because the, uh, the doors are kind of open a little bit, and there's this piece that's just about, I don't know, an inch and a half long, and it's just arms, <laughs> like reaching through the door. But it's just that's all the pieces is a bunch of arms. So <laughs> there we go. And we'll Scotty, what did you uh, find yourself reaching for this week? Well, as well as the hot choice stuff that I reviewed, I mentioned I think last time I was on that Ben's review of the premium format Paragol statue made me order it, and I've got it now, and I'm really glad. Um, it's I've also managed to find a a uh, high place to display it where the boob window is not visible. Um, so that is good for everyone. Was this one, did, did they know or have you sort of snuck this in and placed high? Oh, I don't, I mean, yeah, I, I have everyone seen it, but I'm just like, in terms of where I'm displaying it, um, yeah. I, it's not with the, it's not with my main premium formats because there's actually no more room there, um, but I've it's here in the the AFB studio. Um, but it, well, gosh, it's nice. Um, so I, I am glad I've got it. Um, also, 
I got my DC Icons Blue Beetle. I had everything else, but the Blue Beetle Yay. wasn't in. So I've got that now. And Eddie and I need to team up and do an Icons yep. review, I think. I actually really like that Blue Beetle. That's like mm. my surprise hit of mm. the Icons is that Blue Beetle. I think mine might be Lex, actually. I quite like Lex. Lex is really good yeah, as well. Really I do good. like Lex. But Blue yeah. Beetle was that one that I just had no expectation for okay, or cool. hope yeah. or thought. And then playing around with his swappable arms and that is just like always oh, nice. <laughs> cool. Um, I got a replacement DC Collectibles New Adventures Batman because my first one, which was when they first came out, was the one with the dodgy ankles and he had a broken ankle. Um <laughs> And so I, I'm going to use him as my sitting in the Batmobile Batman, even though I know it's not a new adventure Batmobile, but don't care. Um, and I got a new one of those. And then last week I made a flying visit to Adelaide and just stumbled across this fantastic shop called Davy Boy's Toys. Um, and they have a website and like a, an online store. Uh, do check it out. Huge. Like every pop vinyl imaginable, as well as lots of hot toys and um, other cool stuff, and uh, really nice people, including Davey himself. And uh, so apparently they've been around as a website for about two and a half years, but um, just opened the store a few months ago because people kept asking. And uh, yeah, really, really cool. And I got the Walking Dead. I call her Feral Carol. Um, this is the you know the um, still one of my favorite Walking Dead episodes. The premiere of um, season five, or when she broke everyone out of Terminus, you know, and, and uh, looks all funky and crazy. I, I've seen that a few times, but the paint on the Walking you know the paint on the Walking Dead stuff isn't fantastic, and I have just not loved any of the ones that I've seen, but I saw one there that had, I thought, really good paint, and and so I bought it. And yeah. um, I might even review her at some point because she's got lots of inclusions and everything. Mm, what about cool. you, Eddie? May I have been on a little bit of a spending spree. I had a few cool stuff. I managed to score myself a Disney Store exclusive Marvel Select Hawkeye from the Matt Fraction run. I found him, someone was selling him for 10 bucks on Aussie eBay, so I was uh, very happy with that deal. Wow. I uh, picked up an extra Black Widow so I could display her with both heads. A uh, Star Wars Black Series Star Killer in the three and three quarter inch ones from the uh, Force, uh, Force Unleashed uh, video game. Huh. Uh, also got a Simon Baz. Uh, Green Lantern figure in just to complete my human Green Lantern collection because he was missing from that. I uh, scored a whole lot of X-Men movie figures off eBay as well just to fill in a collection. Uh, as I mentioned, I've been on a Tarantino kick, which started when I went and saw Hateful Eight, and the pop vinyls of that came out uh, this week. So I've picked up the four of those that they've released so far. So uh, Warren, Chris Mannix, The Hangman, and Daisy Domagoo. And when I went in to collect those, I noticed they also had pop vinyls for the Pride and Prejudice and Zombie film that's oh, coming cool. out. And because I have played Mr. Collins from Pride and Prejudice on stage, I had to pick up the Mr. Collins uh, pop vinyl because it basically is me in pop vinyl form uh, from that play. So I kind of consider that I've got my own pop vinyl now. I don't know who this Matt Smith character is, but... Uh, that's my pop vinyl uh, that's sitting above my computer right now here. 
And I also got my Talon fighter finally arrived. It seemed to take forever to get here. Uh, but from the Masters of the Universe Classic, and that is actually been really incredible. Uh, that's probably something I'm going to have to do a Toy of the Week on soon because I know in my uh, 2005 wrap-up, I gave the vehicle to the TIE Fighter, but now actually having the Talon Fighter in hand and seeing all the detail on that that they've done in that, that's might actually uh, beat it for uh, Vehicle of the Year. I might need to do a bit of a retrospective uh, change there. And lastly, I've picked up an Amiibo, which I don't think we've really talked about too much on the show, but I haven't picked up any Amiibos yet. But they've made one of a character of Shovel Knight, which was a Kickstarter game uh, that I fell in love with. Hmm. And it's basically just a knight with a shovel, uh, but a really cool design, great fun video game. If you get the chance to play it, you can pick it up really cheap. Uh, and it's sort of like the old DuckTales one with Scrooge McDuck on a pogo stick, but you're a knight with a shovel and just really clever. And I uh, just had to get that to go along uh, with my game there. So I was very excited to see him uh, out there. And they, that was all my spending for the week. Yeah. So uh, if no one else has any other items to report, it's time to award another red card to something or someone in the toy universe. What is this, Bizarro World? Red Carded is our chance to poke fun at the WTF moments in our hobby, be they unusual announcements, a complete fail in action figures, or worse. Handing out the penalty this week is John. So over to you, John. What? Oh, well, um, we, we are looking at Boinglers, which are bobblehead starships. Oh my goodness. They so, remind me of doorstops, you know, the springy doorstops. Oh yeah. So yeah. the one that we found is a enterprise on a on a sizable like a tall spring and a and a pretty small base. And so I'm first of all, I've got a I personally want a red card just the name Boinglers. Like when when these were being thought of, surely there must have been a better idea at the meeting where this was decided. I I just sounds like a sounds like a gang that does something like awful. I just oh chief, we well, you know it's the boinglers down there, <laughs> the, the alleys taking care, you know, doing yeah, all yeah. those bad deeds. Yeah, I mean, like you know, I work in product management, and I know the the um strain and stress and ideas that go into naming a product. And I can't imagine, like it must've been a very short meeting either that, or there's only one person that works at this company and there was no one around to say Boinglers. Really? I don't know, but I'm looking at this thing and thinking, how can that not just flip over every time you boingle it? Well, it will. That's kind of the point. It boingles. Yeah, no, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> wow, I just think these are dumb. It's it's you guys and your fear of bobbleheads. Um, this beyond bobble. This is an original series enterprise. We need to say that because that may have been real close to how they did the special effects. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we don't know. Oh, 
that's so funny. That's right. Maybe it's, you know, more um, film accurate than we realize. See, what I can I hope this is made, this is really durable as well, because if you, if you bobble it or boingle it, it's, it's going to be smacking the, the table or the floor or whatever it's on. I just, I I hope, I hope it's durable because it has a permanent adhesive base. So permanent. um, Once you, yeah, once you stick it, it's, it's going to stick. Wow. Oh, these going to be like the next pop vinyls and there'll be like walls of boingles at your local store. I, my sense is, boingles, boingle pens. My strong sense is that these are probably not going to take off. Uh, Doingles? Uh, yeah. They're like the daubs of Boingles. <laughs> well. Huh. I like it. I I understand it. Are I you mean, ser- you're defending the Boingler? <laughs> He's brought one. <laughs> he pre-ordered. <laughs> I, well, not for 10 bucks. I mean, I'd want to see it, because I, I really don't get a sense of the size. It is... Oh I can't my imagine goodness! It's big at ten dollars. No, it is um three four and a half inches high. Yeah, no, th- three and a half high. Four and a quarter. Oh, uh, yeah. It says four and a half long, and then it's not longer than it is oh. high, is it? No, it, it could must... be. I guess. Well, yeah. it depends how much boing you give it. One. Well, that's what. That's why I want to see how big it is. One and three quarter <laughs> inches wide. Material: plastic ship with a steel spring. Sorry, oh, this is. It's not an <laughs> I'm just thinking now. Uh, do you remember when in the Simpsons Springfield got the Olympics and Homer's like it's <laughs> <laughs> to try and sell all these extra springs that he had lying around? Wow, <laughs> that's how Boingles came into existence. It was just yep. a factory. With you know, we had a bunch of micro machines and machines, some bases. Yeah. <laughs> yep. How do we attach these? Okay, well, I'm. I'm Arr, it's the Boingler. <laughs> I'm. I'm red carding the name. That's the main. That's the main thing that caught my eye was what a dumb name, Boingler. I I know what you're yep. getting for Christmas now. Oh yay! Can't wait. <laughs> Instead of the name or figure, just send him a Boingler. A Ferengi ship, though. I mean, it can't be the Enterprise. That's too cool. You'd have to have. <laughs> just a ball cube, just a square that goes back and forth, and no, because the Borg ship's cool. It's a square. It's the opposite of cool. <sighs> okay. Red well, card. I, I think I think the coop deserves our red card for name, even yep. though I'm having fun with it. <laughs> Easy done. Uh, so uh, coming up after that well-deserved fail is our discussion topic of the week. Thunder, 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 thunder. Introducing evil mutant warriors, Rattero, Soldier Man, Croon the Destroyer, battle against Lion-O and the new Thundercat allies, Hatchy Man, Snowman, Tusker Warrior, the battle is on for the Sword of Omen. Thunder, 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 Figures and vehicles each sold separately from LJF. So here we are with the discussion topics of the week. And this week, we've decided to pack it all in as we talk about action figure pack-ins. So when we talk about pack-ins, it's a very loose term for something that can be loose in the package. Uh, So what we're aiming to define as a pack-in is something that comes with your action figure that's not necessarily related to the specific action figure at hand. Uh, So not a 
weapon or accessory or a base piece. This is something extra uh, in there, such as a ring, a piece of role play, maybe a card playing game, something of the like. Uh, I do think that builder figure pieces could be included in this category, uh, but we actually think builder figures, if you pardon the pun, are such a uh, big piece uh, that that might actually be its own discussion topic later on down the line. So we're actually electing to leave builder figure pieces out of tonight's discussion. Uh, and tonight's discussion is also not going to be a comprehensive uh, encyclopedic article on pack-in pieces in action figures. These are just some of the ones that have really stood out to us over the years. And definitely, if we miss any that were important to you or ones that stand out to you, write in to us. Let us know what uh, some of your favourite pack-ins in action figures have been uh, over the years. So, John, what was one of the first sort of action figure pack-ins that you remember uh, coming across in your youth? I remember those Secret Wars lenticular shields although i didn't have any of those figures i still remember those um yeah that's that's actually the very first thing i thought of when thinking about this too now this is actually weirdly because this is one that could be considered a bit iffy because you could consider this a weapon of the figure but i think apart from captain america none of these characters are really known for having shields and they definitely didn't have shields that had transforming images of their origin story yeah. uh, on said shields. So I do think it is uh, more of a pack-in piece. But, yeah, these are definitely uh, some of the early distinct ones that stand out in my mind too. Yeah, now Ben had added in here um, Superpowers mini-comics. I don't remember any of those. Um, I, I don't now, remember the fig. Now, did they only come with the vehicles maybe? I don't know. It could be. Now, Superpowers is a line I was too young for myself. I do remember them actually having a comic series tied to it that actually had some Jack Kirby art in it. In fact, I think it was some of the last Jack Kirby um, artwork he did for DC. But I'm not too sure about the mini-comics that came uh, with the figures there. Itself, the mini com- When I think about mini comics with figures, uh, for me, it's actually the He-Man and the Masters of the Universe mini comics, which I just this week picked up that wonderful book that Dark Horse has done uh, that has all the mini comics from all the years packed in there. So you've got the original 80s line, you've got the new adventures, you've got the 2002 uh, mini comic that came with the two-pack, which is actually... Uh, for those that don't know, written by Robert Kirkman of Walking Dead fame. Mm. Uh, it's some of his early comic work. And even in the early 80s stuff, you've got some artwork by um, uh, Bruce Timm uh, in there, as well as some other oh, artists yeah. that are quite famous through. Yeah, some of the later 80s uh, He-Man comics were done by Bruce Timm, you know, uh, some of his very early work. For me, if the cartoon had been more like those mini comics, I might have gotten into He-Man back then. <laughs> to be honest it's it's actually kind of funny now you get a lot of people who seem to be very vintage uh filmation in he-man but there's an even older set of certain people who are very hardcore uh mini comic purists when it comes to the story so no prince adam no orco no right. uh any of that stuff which classics is kind of retconned and retrofitted so it all fits in there but yeah some of that early early stuff is just actually really beautiful like the early mini comics are actually more uh painted uh 
picture books uh, than actual comic style, even though they're called uh, mini comics. And some of the artwork and storylines in those is actually really brilliant and fantastic. And there was even running threads throughout some of those mini comics there, like the um, history past of Kaldor, who was obviously later revealed to be Skeletor and a few other little things like that that were uh, quite cool in there as well. But comics are definitely a main one that pops up in a few different ones from time to time. Uh, and the other good one for getting backstories uh, is the file cards on G.I. Joe's, which I think a lot of it would technically fall under packaging, but every now and then you get the G.I. Joe's, like the vehicles and that, where you'd have the file card uh, loose in there as well. And they were some fantastic pieces to get your hands on those file cards. Oh, yeah. Uh, they yeah. definitely added to the G.I. Joe ones. Uh, for those who don't know, uh, written by the great Larry Hammer, uh, often referencing uh, his friends and family and uh, different people he served with in Vietnam. Uh, it's also the reason, if you look at those file cards, a lot of them are from Rhode Island, is because that's where uh, Hasbro is based. Uh, yeah. So chances are it's a Hasbro employee name getting referenced if it says the G.I. Joe's from uh, Rhode Island there. Uh, but I used to pour over those file cards. Did you do the same? Oh, yeah. I, I love the, the file cards, but I also love the blueprints with the vehicles. Um, you know, those were awesome. You know, you had the instructions on the back, but the, the blueprint, you know, I... You know, obviously I, I'm an engineer now, but, um, I had taken drafting all the way back in junior high. So, you know, that really resonated with me, that technical drawing. Um, actually on the GI Joe side, I reached out to, uh, Kirk Bazigian on this to say, you know, what from the marketing view, what, what was the successful, you know, pack-ins? And he had to say that the, the most successful were the, the GI Joe minifigures. Yeah. And, um, I don't have any of those. But I, I do remember them, and you know they were like little, little, um, you know, micro versions, I guess. Of yeah, they're like the, the figures you'd get with micro machines type yeah. uh, tiny guys. I actually came across a complete set in a thrift store. Oh, cool! Uh, just in a little plastic baggie. So I, um, I don't know where they are now. They're around here somewhere. But I think I had, I th- think it might have been an. Airborne was the only one I was missing out of the set. Apart from that, they were all neat. There, it was yeah. I had like nineteen of the twenty or so, so I was I was very happy. And that was a find a bit later on in life, so I was very happy uh, yeah. with that. Um, Kirk had actually went on to say that their least successful pack in was uh, magnets, GI Joe magnets. Um, <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I guess they were like little in jokes kind of thing, kind of like a bazooka. Uh, bubblegum type thing. Uh, and it just, yeah, I don't even remember the magnets go over. Um, I didn't either. The the thing he said that was the most troublesome was the, the GI Joe face paint. Um, that was packed Mm -hmm. in with some, some figures. Um, because he said that the brown actually caused kids to break out in a rash. So they had to to (laughs) recall some figures and replace the brown with white. Um, that's never good. Yeah. And you know, if that happened today, that would be, that could almost shut a line down, you know? Yeah. That'd be Um, a huge, but yeah, it's it's just part of that GI Joe back lore that, uh, it's one of those neat little things. So I got, I got to thank Kirk for, for providing me and and being gracious enough to answer my, my silly questions. So thank you, Kirk. Yeah. That's good. We should get him on the show once and actually delve into a conversation uh, with him. Yeah. He'd be at some point to talk to. So, 
Uh, and speaking of three and three quarter figures, I think one of the biggest ones for around the 1980s for pack-ins uh, had to be the Star Wars line with those Power of the Force coins. You that know, were... I, I think that they've grown in popularity over the years. Um, mm. You got to remember that those were almost exclusively packed with the last wave, which was the least popular wave at the time. Yep. Um, I have none of these. Um, okay. I, I had actually kind of reached with, with Jedi. I had reached my, you know, that time when you go and do other things as a young man. And, um, so I didn't get any of the last wave with power of the force coins. I have a few, but not with the, with the coins. So, um, that's, that's interesting. Cause after the shields with superpowers, these were kind of the most standout pack-ins in my mind. Now that could be because, uh, you know, sort of looking back, they're usually the easier uh, carded mm. uh, Star Wars figures to find when you're looking and, you know, if you're starting a uh, carded collection of vintage yeah. stuff, your chances are going to find that later wave stuff more easily than obviously the 12 backs and uh, ones like that. And also probably because as people have finished off their vintage figure collection loose, they've probably then like, well, what am I going to collect now from that era and started trying to build up the coins. So I could see why they might've jumped up in more recent years, popularity Um, uh, coming through that. You know, they did echo that later on um, uh, in the later, eh, about in the mid two thousands. They had some, some figures that came with coins. That was a whole thing one year and you could buy a, a, you know, Mm. album to collect them. But then, um, they did chases of some of them where they were gold, like the yeah. Um, that was the the thirtieth line, yeah. I think, and you had that folder book that yeah. came with a Darth Vader and the, figure, which was everywhere down here. That folder book you could pick up for like six dollars, which is crazy cheap in Australia for an action figure because there was just like piles of them in Toys R Us's. Yeah, the animated on that um, version of Boba Fett. He came, you know, with a coin and was out that year. Yeah. And I think I actually have the gold coin for that version. I know I had a couple think, of gold and a couple of, I, I don't know, I got about a third of the album filled, probably. I think the only gold coin I got for that was with the, it was the, like, Snow Clone Troopers wearing, mm-hmm. like, the purple outfit, the ones that shot Kiati Mondi in Episode 3. Uh, yeah. I think they were Clone Commandos or something, but, yeah, that was the only one I think I was able to find one for. And I think I had... The Shadow Trooper came with a black coin. Oh, I don't remember uh, that. that. See, they, they they didn't leave well enough alone and just do, um, you know, okay, hey, we're going to do silver coins for everybody. They started throwing in those little ones. Yeah. And, and some of them were just, you know, oh, you had to get this figure from this convention or something. And uh, it, they were just, you know, really hard to, to buy. So that was kind of disappointing because they had spots mm. for them in the album. Um, yeah. So... And was this one where they started doing more coins than there were spots for in the album? Was that that, or am I thinking of something else? Um, yeah, I think so. I think they had blind spots as well, but yeah, you know, like Boba Fett would only have one spot. So if you had a gold coin and a silver coin, you'd you know come through on that. Yes, I did. Well, the um, looking back, I do have the gold coin for Boba Fett. So yeah, um, but Star Wars, particularly in the nineties, as you mentioned, like Star Wars is probably the main brand for having uh, lots of crazy. Uh, different things included. You had those little flashback cards where you'd pull the lever and you'd change the scene back and forth. Yeah, that was uh, the, the the switch between, and then it was kind of a clever way to do it between um, Power of the Force and um, 
Oh. Episode one. Episode one, yeah, because it would be like, yeah, that line right before episode one. Because it would show versions uh, of both characters, so. Yeah, and I remember, like, this is me stupid as a, it would have been 12, 13 at that time. And I remember thinking, like, oh, who wants original trilogy figures when we're getting all these new ones about to hit? Like, actually, so I remember seeing the Luke Skywalker with the hat and the goggles and the poncho. And just being like, who would want that old toy when we have Samuel Jackson figure here yeah. on the stands? And yeah, just, well, you know, I was an idiot. Before, I was an idiot. Before those, they actually had the slides, the power of the force slides. Um, they were actually, ah, oh, yes, like, you were like regular, um, you know, projector slides. And yeah, uh, I'd completely forgotten about them. You know, that was a, big thing with the power of the force stuff. There was a lot of packaging variants and people were just crazy about that stuff. And if uh, a figure came with two different slides, mm-hmm. people would want, Oh, I got to have that slide in that slide. Han is a close up in this one and a little farther away in this one, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And, uh, and that was one of those things too. Once again, being young and being an idiot, I thought that was the actual film <laughs> itself that being cut up and distributed through. And I remember I had, I had this little magnifying glass that was specifically designed for looking at film. Uh, that was actually with a, uh, I think it was like a happy meal from KFC mm. with the Batman and Robin, uh, meal box that they did there. And you could slide film and that, um, Star Wars film fit perfectly in it. So you could zoom it in and magnify and put light behind it and see all the little details in that and it was some of the first time I saw some of those scenes in almost like HD quality <laughs> looking at those little cells rather than because uh, back then we had small TV kids um, there on the side and seeing almost that widescreen uh, style on some of those cells but yeah, they some actually, really cool stuff they there did a, a pretty neat mail away for that because um, you know even then slides were obviously dying off by that point um, and not everybody could view them like you said you kind of had to have a um, you know, something to look at them with. They did a, yeah. a, a loop binocular thing, um, where you could look at them that way. You know, you, you'd look uh, at the yeah. end of it and, um, you could light it up and it would magnify it. So. And speaking of sort of like having role play pieces to go along with their pack-ins, I think one of the biggest pack-in promotions ever done would have to be the Comtech, uh, chip readers with episode one. Oh, yeah. I just uh, like this is part of the episode one hype, but I remember the ads for this being all over the place and having the figures being able to talk and, you know, were displays in the target with the Comtech chip reader out that you could take the figures even in package over to and play the sounds and just uh, this being a huge hype thing uh, for the figures in and of itself. Even though the, they often sounded nothing like the actual characters. Yeah, but I, uh, I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked them. I really honestly, I mean, because they, they, <laughs> they did something cool because they were not only just a, a, a sound chip, but they also, um, mm. acted as a base for the character. Yeah. You know, so it was nice to get that stand slash, um, base kind of thing. I, I actually did really, I, I know I'm sort of picking on it now at the moment. I actually did really love it at the time because I didn't get the com chip tech reader till it was like the next year Mm. going out on sale and by then i'd had amassed a ton of episode one figures uh because they were so prevalent in stores they were getting discounted and cleared out for like two bucks each and that was around the same time i'd sort of started 
about 14 getting my first job and had all this disposable income that I'd never had before. So I was buying episode one figures literally by the trolley load. And so I had all these Comtech chip readers that I'd never played and just like sat down one Arvo and just listened to every voice clip on these Comtech readers. Yeah. And just when I got my reader, I didn't have one to start with. And, um, yeah, it, even though that that uh, quote unquote role play play toy, that thing was huge. <laughs> yeah, compared to compared the one to the little actual, ones that yeah. Neeson has in the thing. But yeah, I think I just got rid of them recently. I had like literally a garbage bag full of those Comtech uh, chip readers. I might have to just, break mine out one of these days. <laughs> they were crazy. I I think I did actually end up chucking them. Maybe. Um, uh, in the end. And I literally was just cleaning out my underneath my house the other day and I found garbage bags and garbage bags of episode one boxes for toys that I'd saved <laughs> yeah, because that was going to make me a millionaire. Uh, I thought at the time, even if I'd taken the figures out, I could slide them back in and yeah. that'd still be worth. And I just ripped them up and chucked them the other day. Yeah, I've got a whole, uh, I've got boxes and boxes in my attic of yeah. those. Um, they kind of moved along and I don't, I said it, I thought it was episode two, but maybe it wasn't. It was after episode one. They, they actually did something that I thought was cool too. They did these little booklets. Yep. And they were kind of like, they were kind of like the GI Joe file cards where they would have like a picture of the character and what their abilities were and, you know, what their accessories were. And, uh, uh yes, this was, out thing. was it the power of the four, not power of the force two. What was the, uh, it was something. The power of the Jedi? Yeah, maybe. It, it was right after line? episode one, because I, I can remember episode one characters coming with them. Um, yeah, I th- I think I remember, because I remember getting, he was like an elephant guy, but he had like robot legs in like a rubber removable thing. And it was like the first time I remember a toy like showing me something about a character and yeah. being like, wow, kind of cool. and. I mean, those weren't, weren't perfect, but it was very cool to get that, you know, extra little character, yeah. but especially on, you know, like, uh, the announcer from episode one, I think he had one, uh, mm. or the, the double headed announcer. Yeah. Greg Proops. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. those, those were cool. I like those. Um, you know, they also had later on after that, these were on the white cards that came uh, quite a bit later. Um, uh, Mini chess figures. I call them chess figures, but they're, they look like yep. little game figures. They were blue and red, uh, translucent figures. I never knew what to do with those. Yeah. See, I really like those because they sort of fell into one, you know, the mini figures that you could set up on your desk, like the G.I. Joe one or whatnot. Uh, you could use them on you. Do know people were buying a lot for the idea of doing chessboard figures, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, but also some people used them in displays as like hologram figures on tables and things like that with their figure dioramas yeah, makes sense. Uh, as well. That also seemed to work uh, quite well for those stylings. Now over well, the blue ones together over on Twitter. And, and even though we said we weren't going to talk about build a figures, um, Snoop mm-hmm. Neal, he said, uh, he had replied when I asked about favorite packings. He said, well, the current builder weapons for Star Wars are some of the worst, but which I have to agree with, but he thought the builder yeah. were some of the best. And, um, yeah, even though it's not a, it's a build a figure, but, um, you know, I never ended up getting a whole lot of all of a complete droid. So a lot, no. a lot of those pieces ended up as, um, like just fodder for my Jawa display. <laughs> you know, you'd have a leg laying there and, you know, a couple of, droid bodies or something so yeah 
They might have actually been some of the hardest ones to complete out of any of the builder stuff yeah. coming through because there was some cool stuff. But, yeah, they were not too easy to complete, at least down here uh, in particular. We didn't get all the figures uh, coming through in that way. Uh, but speaking of sci-fi films that had uh, some cool pack-ins, one of the craziest ones that I'd forgotten about until Ben put this in the script is the Independence Day 4 that came with the floppy disks uh, video games. Did you ever get a chance to play around no. with these from Trendmasters? No. These were so <laughs> it's like an actual floppy disk that you got and you'd load it in your computer and it would have some sort of Independence Day minigame. There was one you were decoding in the DNA from the alien, the one you were sort of hacking into the ship to fly off with uh, Will Smith and um, uh, the guy from The Fly. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm blanking on um, his name. Oh, crap. Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yes. Um, the running and the, so, the dinosaurs and the, the, the chaos. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's a code counting backwards, as Christopher Walken always goes Chris. Um, but yeah, so they were, they were actually like, he's right where he's typed in the script. They were horrible games. They were horrible games, but as a 10 year old, uh, particularly the one where you used to have to decode the alien language. Um, and to fly the ship was just fun to me. I played that over and over and over and over again. And it was sort of, uh, this weird, and it was actually really simple. It took me ages to work out, but, um, you'd have like the game of plugging different wires in at one part of the ship and try and work out the way to do that. But if you'd look, there was a post-it note written by supposedly Jeff Daniels not Jeff, Jeff Goldblum's character next to it, that if you clicked on that would give you the clues that pretty much tells you how to do things. Mm. And it was just I wasn't clicking on those post-it notes to learn the language or know which Y goes into what color and you know, uh, spots like that. But uh, they were they were cool. Although much later, um, for Avatar, the, mm-hmm. the figure bases for those were like an interactive thing as well if i remember right you could show them to a webcam and you could spin a model like on a website uh, yeah yeah and, and that was kind of a different you know again it's kind of like those contact chips you you, you get an ex- action figure accessory but it would really do more than just you know oh hey i'm going to stand a figure up you know that each of those bases would let you unlock something where you could do like a little 3d model and spin it in space and that kind of yeah. stuff I'd, i think even I'd the vehicles came with those as well yeah I did um did buy those, but I never opened them, and they ended up under the Christmas tree at work for the charity drive. I never well, Eric's cracked them over. Eric's over from TV and Film Toys. He um he actually reviewed a good chunk of those Avatar figures. Mm. Um, I mean, I think they were well done for what they were. Um, yeah, no, they were, they were actually um good figures. I just ended up um preferring the Movie Master versions mm. that they'd done in a larger sort of more detailed scale, and then just for room when I was moving once I decided to pack them in it's nothing against the actual figures um themselves but that also reminds me they weren't so much pack-ins but there was a time with the the batman cartoon show uh of the early 2000s they were doing sort of these chip readers that was meant to tie in with the batmobile and it was going to be this thing that as certain sounds played when you watched the actual cartoon show it would activate yeah different sounds than that on the Batmobile itself. I don't think it ever quite worked properly, but 
if you ever go back and watch that show, there's some weird sounds and things going on in when they sort of cut between scenes and that, and that was actually meant to tie in with the toy uh, somehow, which I did th- always think was a cool idea, even if they weren't really able to execute it uh, too properly there. But it was always interesting and something I'd wonder if they'll, the company will ever go back to. Uh, through on those ones and also speaking of the um paint with the gi joe figures there was also a line of extreme dinosaurs uh that was was all about the war paint uh that you could put either on the dinosaur skin or on yourself as well and i had some of these and i just made a mess all over the place with these things the tubes that they came in were not really that well uh, sort of firm and were quite easily squeezed and just splattered paint uh, all over the spot. So I'm sure there were some very angry parents uh, through at that toy line. This this may be uh, there. I remember hearing about that toy line. <laughs> it was it was like a spin-off of the Street Sharks, if you remember mm. uh, those. So you had Street Sharks and then they went into dinosaurs because kids love dinosaurs. Mm. And I ended up working with dinosaurs, so something must have resonated there through with those i'm hoping they bring them back in one day for a revival once we start getting 90s revival lines uh but moving on from the 90s going into the 2000s uh there were some kind of crazy stuff going on but also this is where we start to see the reprint uh of some of these toy pack-ins so obviously comic books came back in a big way with marvel legends you also had the different star wars transformer gi joe comic packs going on uh but what i liked with some of these is they actually went and got some old stuff reprinted so it was yeah. uh, particularly with the marvel legends that was some of the first time i was reading a lot of classic stories it actually got me really into steve ditko doctor strange mm-hmm. by reading the doctor strange story that came with uh the original doctor strange uh ones but also got some cool stuff like with the gi joe ones we got some returning of larry harmer to gi joe for the first time in ages yeah uh to write some new stories there yeah, that cool i mean to all... be honest weren't his best but still yeah. better than most having him back i know the star wars ones a lot of those were um you know more modern ones at least the ones i read you know they weren't marvel ones yeah there was a lot of dark Horse. i think there might have been one or two originals but i think uh, they were pretty much all Dark Horse, but uh, that was some great stuff. Like, that's where I got into the Star Wars Legacy. It was from that Legacy 2-pack that I actually reviewed uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, on the show. And um, it was particularly, there was one, there was a 2-pack of The Purge where it had, like, a Bastilla Swan and another Jedi in a red outfit who was meant to be in hiding. And that two-pack, the Purge comic in it, was actually a really hard-to-find comic at a point. Uh, So that was a way that that comic became accessible to a lot of people because this was sort of in a time that not everything was traded right away. So if you missed out on the single issue, you were struggling to find it. So I do know that comic pack actually was quite popular with people who even just collected comics Mm. uh, that had uh, ones running through. You, the uh, one, there itself. The one I regret missing is the one with uh, the Marvel Universe character, uh, or not Marvel, the Star Wars Universe character, uh, uh, Lumia. Lumia. Yep. Um, I really like that character. With the whip. Yeah, I yeah. really like that character in the comics, and um, I, I I only saw it I think once, and they wanted some astronomical price for it. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's one I regret not. Getting. And that was actually with with the Star Wars ones. That was really cool because that gave them an excuse to give us EU characters that we really weren't going to get. Yeah, in other ways like Lemia and um, there was uh, um, blanking on his name. He was a bounty hunter in the Clone Wars, the like worm guy mm. in like a realistic version. And uh, actually, one of my favorite characters, Quinlan Vos, uh, we got two of him in the comic packs. Oh yeah, um, yeah coming through on that side and. Uh, and also the uh, Star Wars legacy characters and ones through that. So that was sort of an excuse in reverse. The pack-in was given an excuse to get some really cool figures there yeah, cool. Uh, on that Tons end. For sure. was, you know, yeah, I think that's, good that's maybe for me what really a good pack-in is. It either somehow enhances that figure or, you know, toy or whatever it is. You know, if it's a vehicle, mm. it enhances your play. It doesn't... It doesn't... Um, you know, change, you know, how you do something. But it, you know, if you, if you read the GI Joe blueprints and you go, Oh, Hey, well, this thing has smoke screens on it, you know, on this, on this Jeep. Well, then when, yes. you know, you're a kid and you're playing with it, you're going, Oh, well, it's got smoke screens on it. I'll use, you know, and it, it just kind of, you know, amped up that imagination factor. And I, and I think those comic yeah. books did the same thing, you know, for Star Wars. You, you kind of got that little, especially with the EU characters, it kind of introduced you and gave you backstory for them. You know, so. Yeah, no, most certainly. Most certainly. Uh, and also, we haven't really talked about these style of packings, but you also started to see a bit more in this time some little role play elements coming in. So, like with the Frodo figure in The Lord of the Rings, you actually got a one ring uh, included in him. Yeah, and I liked it. And this was one they actually did manage to use with the set so to perform the action figure action feature on that first wave set you needed to put the ring in a tree stump and turn it and that would activate the appearance of the ring wraith uh coming through there but just having it as a loose basic thing was uh really cool as well because i definitely put it uh in the front of my lord of the rings display uh as i had that uh rocking through there because that was the cool thing to do in early 2000s was to have a ring uh, around your neck on one of those beaded chains oh yeah yeah yeah. yeah and that was a cheap way of doing it and you know you've had got like the legion of superheroes big box set that scotty reviewed a few years ago now uh that had the legion ring in it i mean the green lantern line had plenty of role play rings uh included in it throughout the years there was Weirdly, the original Triclops in the 80s came with a warrior's ring that was a glow-in-the-dark ring with the grey skull symbol on it, and they included that with the Masters of the Universe Classics again uh, when they re-released that figure, which sort of was a weird mystery. They never really explained why with just this one figure they decided to include a ring or what. They just chucked it in, and on the Masters one, they included it as a bit of a surprise in there with the figure, for those who remembered it, but... Definitely an odd choice that was just kind of thrown in there uh, on one. Yeah. Uh, not quite role play, but one that was kind of weird for me was with the 2008 Indiana Jones figures that Hasbro was doing. Uh, they would come with crates and you'd open that and find a different artifact or relic in there, which was really cool. And I like that sort of idea. But one thing that kind of annoyed me with it is that they were out of scale with the figures. Yeah. They were weird. But not, yeah. Yeah. Not in scale with each other. And it was this whole, 
they're kind of cool once you had a set of them to put up on display in places but there are a lot of them where I was like, I kind of just wish this was figure scaled and we could include it yeah, with my when new I, figure. When I was a kid, my mom used to have a, a printer's box, you know, you, mm-hmm. you know, if you know what that is, box. And it's got like where they used to keep all the little printing letters. She had that on the wall yep. in um, one of our hallways and she just had little knickknacks, you know, little porcelain cats and dogs and, you know, just little things in it. And that's what those reminded me of is something you'd have in like a little shadow box on a wall somewhere. Um, yeah. I liked them and I liked, I thought they were all pretty well done. Um, but yeah, the being out of scale didn't help anything at all. No, but do you know what my favorite one thing of that actually was, was the little cardboard boxes that they came in. Well, yeah, I kept all of them all and sealed them through and just used that in my indie display, uh, there in the background. (laughs) They were just really cool cardboard boxes to have, uh, uh, hanging around with your figures just to make it look like a warehouse or things like that. Yeah, I mean that th- those crates were, um, you know, what kind of inspired me to do the bigger ones. Really, for uh, you know, I did I did the build a DIY ones on on TV and film toys just because I I wanted little ones and big ones. I thought, well, if they can do these little crates, I can do bigger ones. So that's why I did. Yeah, those. no, def- definitely a good one through there. Uh, another one of my favorite ones in the three and three quarter was uh, with the Men in Black three line which ended up in our sort of cheap discount stores here known as the Reject Shop. Um, And they were sort of little Men in Black role-play pieces they would come in, such as the Neutralizer or the Noisy Cricket. Mm. But they would also transform into like little vehicles or weapon platforms and that for your figure. So the Neutralizer transforms into sort of like a jet ski type thing. The... um, Noisy Cricket transforms into like a little like hoverboard type setup. The couple of the smaller ones came with rings that you could wear the ring as sort of like this giant future tech on your finger or you could attach to the back of the figure and then it would transform into like a flip open uh, jet pack or things for them. Uh, so I thought that was kind of cool yeah. that you'd have these uh, one side replay but one point actual little pieces uh, for the figures themselves so sort of managed it a bit back and forth on both ends and um just some of the engineering that went into them uh for the transformation and that was actually really cool uh through there yeah i i had thrown one out here um it's kind of the same way it's role play because it's it's a ring but there was a little uh not uv but it it would it had a light in it and it was for the Mm. pirates of the caribbean on stranger tides um yeah, you could shine that light from that on a figure, and it would, uh, you know, illuminate their skeleton spirit. I don't know. Mm. It really didn't make any sense with that movie, and it would have made sense, you know, with the, the first the movie. First, yeah, the first movie only. Really, that was the only one where they they turned into to skeletons, wasn't it? Um, yeah. So I don't know what they were thinking exactly there, but uh, yeah, and and uh, it, it was it, it's a neat effect. Um, it just you know really didn't was out of place so (laughs) So, actually it's this is a weird one for me um because i didn't collect this line but weirdly my dad collects pirates of the caribbean figures um so he he was actually buying me so i remember these being on my dad's shelf uh through with these ones here but um yeah no it, it was definitely a cool trick i'm always um a bit nervous around uv lights because hmm. uh, it's worried what might shine up where you shine them, yeah. um, so it's it's always a interesting 
Yeah, I don't uh, really thing, think they're, but they're UV as much as just a certain color. And, yeah, no, they so, they don't so. really show up too much. But um, it's uh, it's something that I'm sort of surprised more figures haven't used or um, played around with or done any sort of tricks with. It seems like it's one that you could actually do. Well, that's a neat a one because, things. you know, Jack actually does wear a number of different rings in all the films. And, um, mm. you know, it, it plays a part in one of them where he's switching rings the um Tia Dalma's place and you yeah. know, he takes one off, but he puts one, takes one, but puts, you know, leaves one and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's just kind of cool. I, it, it was a neat tie in. I just, I don't, I don't understand it, but, uh, you know, yeah. the, the nice thing is, is, is they did a good job of not making it show up on the figure when you weren't shining the light on it, um, compared to some of the other stuff out there. So, yeah, no, that's very true. Very true on those ones. Uh, and, now that we're sort of wrapping up and getting near the end of the timeline, um, I do want to throw in, I've sort of, I think I've mentioned it on an episode before, but a dishonorable mention to the 2009 Star Trek film uh, with pack-ins because, uh, as a lot of you in the US may remember, the figures came packed with pieces of the bridge uh, for the, like, tiny, like, the three-inch scale ones were that had the... Bridge pieces, and for some reason, when these were released in Australia, Playmates didn't include the Builder Bridge pieces with the figures. They were just released by themselves, but they still tried to sell the playset that you connected the Builder um, piece bridges to. So you would only, have, if you brought that bridge set, you could never complete it down here. Well, actually, you, in you could never complete it anywhere because um, they didn't have all oh, the they didn't release. They never released all of them. Ah, uh, so. yes. I do remember you telling you, we have talked about this before. Yeah. Um, good, so good. dishonorable for on both ends of uh, the Pacific here. A good friend of mine, uh, he actually has one. you know all of them from that line. And uh, yeah, he's got half a bridge essentially because... You know, they don't have them out. So. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a shame. You know, I, yeah. The other one that I, I puzzled by was the little Iron Man 2 cards, you know, the clear plastic cards that came with all the Iron Man figures where you could swap yep. the arms and the legs and the, the torso. I, they were neat, but what purpose did those really serve? I just don't really know. I, yeah. And they were ones they never seemed to sync up quite. Right, as well, because the actual stands had, like, three different pegs yeah. that you could use, and it never looked right when you had them split over those yeah. stands. So, yeah, no, definitely uh, agree with you on that. But they did all right. I thought the little dossiers that came with the Marvel Universe figures oh, those uh, were, were cool. kind of those cool. were very Similar cool. to that, the, the Star Wars documents for the Power of the Jedi ones, um, I did like they had sort of little handwritten notes by characters. And I did actually like continuity-wise when... Norman Osborn became the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. They actually swapped it from being uh, Nick Fury files to being uh, Norman Osborn files mm. for that year. Uh, so I liked that they were kind of tying in we're, with the comics at that time. Were some Hammer files too? Yeah, they were, that was the Hammer one. Yeah. So when Osborn took over S.H.I.E.L.D., he turned it to Hammer um, and came through on that one. So, yeah, no, very cool uh, on that end, which... I think that brings me to a lot of my favorite picks. John, is there anything left that we haven't mentioned that you wanted to? No, I think my favorite overall has still got to be like G.I. Joe blueprints. I just, I, I love those. Those are my, my favorite. I, I used to sit and stare at those all day long, but that's just me. Yeah. 
I, I think for me, it's kind of obvious. I'm the big uh, comic book fan. So, I mean, the mini comics with the He-Man and in particular, like I coming into this, I was definitely going to be like the He-Man mini comics, but actually sitting back and thinking of how cool it was that the comics from the Star Wars line actually meant that we got certain figures in those two pack lines and how much that sort of influenced back and forth and they really gelled together. I, I think I've got to give it to the Star Wars uh, comic tie-in packs for That's just how well they work together. And that really was one of my favourite Star Wars lines of all time because of the unique characters that we got there yeah. um, as a big AU fan. I, I, I can back that up. I mean, there, there were several of those packs I got, so I definitely can back that up. I, I never did get the um, original film, you know, A New Hope, uh, Marvel figures, the comic ones. I, mm. I love that comic, but I just could not buy the, you know, green Tarkin with the heavily accented Vader and the, you know. Yeah. The, what, yeah. They were ones that I had to be very, I was at the time I didn't have a lot of uh, expendable income. Mm. Uh, being in uni and whatnot, and it was very hard to justify buying, you know, a seventh Vader action figure just because he had blue paint and red eyes when I could buy another comic pack and get two brand new figures. Yeah, that's that's uh, kind of the same place I was. I mean, most of those were repaints that I already had figures of, so I was like, yeah, I can pass on those. Yeah. I love them. And I mean... And some of those ones too, like you look at the Darth crates and all that, and some of them go for crazy money now on that secondary market. They're still holding uh, their appeal, particularly a lot of those AU characters uh, in those ones too. I remember the, the other one I forgot that I loved is the um, Ashad Het, the like Darth crate from the prequel period that was basically a Jedi Tusken Raider. Yep. That, oh, that's such a good figure. Honestly, he, he had two right. figures as well, didn't he? Didn't he at least twice, maybe? No, that's um, it's his father uh. in the story. So it's his father. So another Jedi Tuscan Raider. Uh, there was actually two Jedi Tuscan Raiders, yeah, and but he did have two figures because you had the um, Tuscan Raider version of him and the Darth Krayt version. So spoilers for um, those that don't know. But that's no continuity anymore, so I don't even know if you can spoil it. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. No, there's definitely some, um, some cool stuff out there for sure on that. Yeah. So uh, if we have missed something here, which with the um, just ton and ton of pack-ins that have happened in action figures over the years, uh, I'm sure that we have. Uh, write in, let us know what have been some of your favorite pack-ins uh, in figures over the years. What have you liked? What have been those annoying ones that you really couldn't stand and now fill those plastic tubs under our houses are full of these ones we all have those boxes of just those extra pieces chucked in right in let us know some of yours uh but with that that will uh wrap up this discussion topic and we'll be back in a moment with some feedback before we wrap things up colonel steve austin the six million dollar man and the new bionic transport and repair station the rocket's crashing we'll put him in the bionic repair station we can rebuild it. We'll replace the modules in the bionic arm. No injury here. We'll have to check his eye. Bionic eye, A-OK. Six million dollar man, ready for action. New bionic transport and repair station sold separately. The six million dollar man, new from Kenner. 
Before we finish, we have some feedback from our listeners to share with you. If you'd like to hear your questions, comments, or suggestions on future episodes, email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com, and you may just hear it read out. Uh, Scott, you have our first piece of feedback tonight, so over to you. Cool. This is an email from Johnny Tai, and he says, Hello, guys. Greetings from Canada. I've recently subscribed to your podcast. Yeah, I know. Latecomer, though I've actually read your reviews for quite a few years now. Really loving the podcast. I've only made it to episode six. Wow. So we'll be 312 years old when you finally hear this, Johnny. Um, But enjoyed every minute of it. Just want to drop you a line to tell you how much I love it and to say keep up the great work. If there's one thing I'd love to see on the podcast, and who knows, maybe it's already been done since I'm only on episode six, is to see you bring a female voice onto the team. Action figure collecting has always been more of a hobby for us guys, but there are some female collectors out there, and I think that would add a completely fresh and different angle to the show. Just my opinion, of course. Be well and good hunting. P.S. My action figure of the month is NECA's 18-inch knife head kaiju. Thank you very much for that, Johnny. First of all, I'm always really impressed when people go right back to the beginning of a show that has over 200 episodes. <laughs> um, that's pretty cool. Episode six. I know. He doesn't even know who I am. Or Eddie. Eddie is not even going to know who Eddie is for years. Yeah, like, I'm wow. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> And he also obviously hasn't heard uh, some of the guys' reviews of Pacific Rim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy you there, which might. So he might not get I around still love to it. I like it too. Oh. I actually have an account. I actually really like the film, despite the accents. Oh my goodness! There okay, we go. um, yeah. So, in terms of the female voice, that is—it's really interesting because that is a discussion that we have been having, and yes, um, yes and Eddie in particular um, is very keen. That it's partly because you know Eddie's single. Um, yeah. Wait, no, wait. I, yeah. well, I'm also very respectful. I, I do, I do consider myself a feminist. I believe in having a female perspective on things and you know it's like particularly like geek culture is growing largely with the female audience i mean Absolutely. comic book stores the amount of women now walking through the doors compared to even five years ago is insane it's the largest growing market uh in geek and collectible industries and we talk about harley quinn appearing in so much things yeah and there's a huge female base for her let, let alone obviously men are also buying the harley quinn products too but i think we're seeing more and more uh, the influx of women into uh, this fan base. And, I mean, they were always there from the beginning, but it's becoming more and more prevalent. So I really do think it's uh, something that I'd love to have on the show at this point is definitely Absolutely. getting more of a female perspective yeah. in it. Yeah. But unfortunately, I can't offer that because I have a Y chromosome. <laughs> Our... Um I guess, you know, our community has uh, just grows organically mm. and most of the um, people on the show have been drawn from, you know, either people that we know or the AFB forum, um, which is a very, you know, like most um, places, a very male-dominated place. Um, so I think, you know, it's partly about having to look more actively to recruit that voice and that's something that um, we are we are aware of and uh, we really appreciate that feedback. Um, and ironically, then, our other piece of feedback tonight is actually from a female listener. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's from Claire. I wonder if that's Claire from Lost, maybe. Oh, okay. They would tie into Australia. They would, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, Claire says, just guys just had to say hats off for the hilarious intro to episode 205. It made me laugh out loud at work. Then I had to explain it and play it for my workmates who also thought it was hysterical. Thanks for being the highlight of my Fridays, Claire. 
Yay. Great intro. I think Scott killed it with that intro, so he is now a serial killer. <laughs> that is a triple pun, people. I love it. Look at I it. was just proud of myself because I really struggle with ideas for that. It's And so when I actually had a good one that I had in advance, I was like, wow. Um, and well, um, after... After 202, um, people have been um, hucking coconuts at me, and I just want to say stop. It really does hurt. <laughs> um, I, we actually had quite a few little bits of feedback saying, you know, love that intro and thank you, but no offers of a new home for Arnold. Um, and he's got to go. So it, It's a work visa thing. I can't get him to stay over here. Oh, true. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, in the meantime, we've modified his diet. No. Yeah. You know, they have probiotics for that at uh, PetSmart for your dogs. <laughs> you know, they make probiotics for humans as well. Anyway, um, I don't shop there. I shop at PetSmart. The AFB um, health insurance does not cover a human based medical. Oh, right. It's only pet insurance. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, the other day, Tracy was like, you know, we need to go buy, just in case there's an emergency, we need to go buy some fish antibiotics. Because you can buy antibiotics, I guess, for fish, and they're the same thing. Wow. Yeah. How would you know That's, if they needed it? They turned green. I, 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 yeah. It's not like you could take them to the vet either, you know? No. no. <laughs> and, yeah. and they're no good at speaking up for themselves either. Mm. Tell me what's wrong, fit. buddy. Little fin tapping on the glass. <laughs> I didn't know you had fish. We don't. <laughs> what? Not anymore. We don't, anyway. we don't have fish. No. What? She was just reading that somewhere that the, they were the same thing and that, you know. Oh, you mean you like for people or for, Yeah. For, for people? Yeah. Apparently people do that to, you know, in case of an emergency, you know. Oh, well, that's hilarious. I totally missed <laughs> I don't have fish. I, don't. I was going to say. You know how much work it is to yes. maintain fish? Far out. Well, uh, hey, maybe Claire wants to be on the show. Yeah. Claire, any other female listeners or that, you know, write in, send us your resume. Yay. Look at it fairly. Jump through. Uh, but uh, without further ado, I think that wraps things up for today's episode. So, guys, Yay. do you have anything to say in closing? Well hosted, Eddie. No, thank you. It's good to talk to you guys again. Yeah. It's been about a month, over a month. I know. I missed you guys. Mm. We haven't had a live name that for ages. I know. It's good. Yeah. And I it makes me sad. It. But this is the Take bad. Take that, Hellbot. I got it. Uh, this is the bad part of the year, time zone-wise, though, Yeah. for you two, because yeah. it's like 3 o'clock in the morning there, right? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 5.30 when we start recording. So. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Horrendous. Hey guys. Okay. Uh, so so long, Vitazen. Good journey. Take care. Adopt for pet or adopt pets. Don't shop for them. Adopt a fish. Yeah, and get fish biotics even if you don't have them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Night. Bye. Just in case. Yeah, just in case. Bye.
The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Okay, well, we get right into it. Last week I played a sound, and we're going to try and play that right here. Mutant babies with slashing claws! Lock and load! These mutant babies! Mutant babies with... Mutant babies with slashing claws! Lock and load! These babies are packed with mutant... Mutant babies with... Mutant babies with slashing claws! Is it playing on your end? Oh, yeah! No, I kept hitting play now. Yeah, you did. I, yeah. I, I can't hear it on my end. Well, it's definitely working, bro. Okay. <laughs> I, oh my gosh. I can't wait for you to hear that back in the bloopers. <laughs>